Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile driving his way. Hey everybody and welcome to the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal acting as your lead blocker to fantasy glory, fantasy excellence, fantasy trophies, all your fantasies and then some. I'm your host Nat Truth Jones with me as always the Wolf of Roto Street himself. We haven't recorded in a while. And we haven't recorded Stone Cold Sober in even longer. <laughs> I was just going to say, what was the last time we were together not baked? This is Probably great. In like a month. <laughs> exactly. Seriously, has. No, but it's been a grind. I've been trying to get these projections done. 2022 fantasy football projections. They are done now. Um, I know you've been in Alaska, so we have yeah. a ton to catch up on. I wish we could catch that. Maybe we save that for a baked best ball because we have just a marathon of a show going through the entire NFC tonight. But, man, I'd love to hear about your trip. I love yeah. to hear something. Give me, give me the best highlight. Like one thing that you want to share, real quick. Uh, my favorite part of the trip was it was we took like a six-hour boat ride, uh, the fjord tour in Seward, Alaska, and nice. uh, just saw all sorts of amazing wildlife, including we saw orcas in the wild, which is my my son really wanted to see, and that was amazing. We saw like six or seven humpback whales, uh, seals, sea lions, uh, just like. All this amazing stuff. And then we pulled up. Uh, there's this gigantic glacier. We waited there for a while. And then just as we were leaving, this chunk of it, like as big as like a huge house, just crumbled off of it and fell into the water. Like like you see on like nature shows. But I, I was like, you know, 50 feet, away, like 50 feet away. It was crazy, man. So but I mean, there, there was a lot of really awesome stuff. That was probably my favorite uh, thing that we did. But there's many other highlights. Definitely. Sounds so like I highly recommend it. Yeah, we're, we're going on the same tour. It sounds like Hills is yelling from the other room. So sweet. Oh yeah, in Seward. <laughs> yeah, in Seward. Yeah, so that'll be dope. Great. Our captain was awesome too. Um, awesome. And I would recommend it. I will say I hope RSJ takes off at some point because I literally will probably not be able to afford to take another vacation for like two years. So, <laughs> uh, you know, let's bring in the money. <laughs> Indeed we will. Indeed we will. And it's part of the thing that will bring in the money is right. our fantasy football projections, which we will be selling on the site as part of my 2022 investing guide. So we're not here to, we're going to give you the, the first kind of look at everything. It's the first draft gives you kind of a chance to call out any you think are nuts. I want to kind of go over them with you. And obviously the rest of Love the RSJ it. team uh, will be updating them, of course, throughout training camp, throughout the preseason. So this is a living, breathing projection set. This is just draft one. We want to make sure that's very clear off the top here. Uh, before we dive in, if you want to make sure you're getting the most up-to-date ones, which will probably be just about daily throughout the summer, do check out rotostreetjournal.com. Uh, we will make sure to grab that as part of my investing guide, along with all the other guys I'm targeting in a round-by-round, -round, very easy-to-follow guide, uh, who I'm fading, all that good stuff. So you'll be able to get that all there. But consider this your first kind of free look at the projections if you're here with us. We thank you so much for being here. Thumbs up would be greatly appreciated as you go if you enjoy what you're hearing. Um, and you want to see more of this content, please consider subscribing as well. And one of my favorite things about this, we did this last year, and obviously we're going to touch on it again this year. You reminded me that this was something people actually liked, was, you know, you you put in a lot of work uh, into your big board, of course, and mm -hmm. you just put in a ton of work into your projections, which to me is like, it's 
such a lot. It's such a big effort. I mean, and, and you know, it, it pays off. But what's really interesting to me is that you often will get slightly different or even wildly different results on your two lists. And so one of the things I've done is I've gone through by position, uh, you know, but I've also grouped in my conference because we're hitting the NFC today and uh, just kind of selected a few of the biggest or, you know, most noteworthy discrepancies between your big board and between your projection board. Uh, you know, every now and then, you know, I remember last year I'd point out a couple and you were like, yeah, that's crazy. And you would change your big board. Um, and then sometimes you had a pretty good defense for it. So I do have a bunch of those picked out and we will be hitting, I don't know, 15, 20 of those today throughout the course of going through all these NFC numbers. So I'm looking exactly. forward to that too. I think it's a really great preface though, because projections are different than rankings. Whereas, right. and one of the guys we'll probably touch on tomorrow on the AFC show is Pat Mahomes. He came out as my quarterback nine, I think, in projections, which is certainly right. lower than you expect from Mahomes. So somebody who's bought us, you know, that much grace deserves to still be ranked as a top five quarterback, in my opinion. That doesn't mean things haven't changed this year that are causing my projections to come out a bit lower than I'd expect. So, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm excited to kind of – this will be great for you to kind of cross-check them for me and let me know which ones are big discrepancies, and I can kind of decide if do I need to bump them up the big board, down the big board, or something off in my projections that I should go back and kind of fix. That's hugely helpful. So yeah, Well, one, of, one of them is Mahomes, but we'll yeah. hit him tomorrow for AFC. But, yeah, you know, just as a teaser, you've got him as your QB3. But and as far as actual stats, which is what fantasy is all about, you like him as your QB9. So uh, that's, I guess that's just a respect ranking for you. Exactly. We'll, we'll see. That, that will happen. Respect rankings will come into play. And there, there's some real lack of respect rankings also that Absolutely. I have them color-coded as far as whether you're too down on a guy or too up on a guy based on your projection. So I'm looking forward to diving into that. Absolutely. Um, and one quick note too, right here at the top is if you're just watching and you have a specific team in mind, you want to see, we'll be moving through and you can kind of see like Vikings bears. We're going division by division. You can always see what division we're on right there at the top. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, but I just want to make sure it's clear because we do want to, I know some people might just want to care about one division or one specific team. So as we move through divisions, you'll kind of see that at the top and on the bottom, you'll see what team specifically we're talking about. Uh, so just keep that in mind as well. We'd love any comments, questions that come up while we go through these with you. If there's any specific players, you're like, that is insane. Because I have a couple that I, I myself am like, wow, I can't believe this. Um, so yeah. do check in on that. Um, and also let us know what you think these projections and what you would project these players at as well. So we can have a conversation in between each conference. All right. All right let's get into it. You want to start with the That's NFC North? The Wolf, Wolf's going to be uh, – putting some of his projections up. Hopefully he's going to zoom in a little because uh, some of these numbers are a little, uh, you know, a little tough for people that can't see great, like people that are getting old, like some of us, like me specifically, but we're going to talk about them also. So let's get right into it. This is, uh, I don't know, man, this is a lackluster division kind of, huh? Yeah, not very <laughs> exciting um, at all. And we're starting with really the, actually not really the top of it. We're going to get to the Vikings in a little bit. Um, Right. Vikings the Packers have for so long been the top of this division, the creme de la creme. But right now, at least fantasy-wise, I wouldn't be shocked at all if real-life-wise Rodgers, the Packers, continue to take this division even with their weapons significantly depleted this year. Uh, but ultimately, fantasy-wise, I am far more interested in the Vikings, and I look forward to breaking mm -hmm. those guys down as we get there. So uh, we will start with the Packers. And, and how we do this, and I'll kind of go through my projections while we talk about this, I always start, you can see step one. This is a great tool on rotoviz.com um, that I love to use. 
you start with your team level inputs. And so I've researched and they make it really easy for you to kind of research. We won't do this for every single one, but just to kind of show you what Matt LaFleur, how many total plays he has, you know, how is that compared to league average? As you can see, you know, two years ago, minus 49 plays, minus seven, minus nine. So typically he's going at a slower pace than usual. Now he has even less firepower. So I did project them to be minus 27 total plays off of the um, league average in terms of plays run. And that came down to 550 pass attempts, 463 rush attempts. So that was a 54% pass percent, 46% rush rate, right around what LaFleur has been with a little bit of bump, about 1% bump in rush. Because I do think they'll try to establish the run a bit more since two of their best weapons are now coming from the backfield. So you start with your team level input, then you move over to market share. How does this work? So you, you got your pie. We always talk about the pies. I know you yeah, love that, Drew. Love pie. You get your, your size of the pie. And now you start looking at, okay, so what are the slices? How are they going to be divided up? So I, I don't think Rodgers, 96%, maybe that factors in them like taking a game off at the end of the year. He typically plays all the games, so that could end up just being 100%. Uh, passing is not the most interesting. But rushing share, as you can see, I actually have so the RB1, Aaron Jones. and you Yeah, can you got Jones that. and Dylan basically splitting carries. Yeah, with a few more actually going to Dylan this year, uh, which might seem crazy, but it actually happened last year. Too. So I do think on the, in terms of the ground pie, Duck had a great comparison. He compared it to when the the um, Saints had Mark Ingram and Kamara that prime year where they were like running back three and running back seven. I don't know that Dylan will also vault off that way, but I think this is a similar type of setup where we might get a ton of great bruising rushing work from Dylan, but an insane amount of receiving work for Aaron Jones. And as you can see, 17% target share. That would be by far the highest of, of Aaron Jones's career. But the reason I'm doing that is because Devontae Adams, of course, has left. And you can see a trickle down where last year he was right around 30% or more, like three straight years, Devontae Adams. So that leaves huge ripples as to is an alpha going to emerge? And as you guys can see here, you know, 17% going to Aaron Jones. That's the most targets on the team in line with Alan Lazard, who I do think steps up as the, the most trusted guy and leads the way. But only 94 targets isn't that much anyways, even as the true number one here. Christian Watson, maybe 13%. Randall Cobb, a few more targets as a, a trusted weapon as well. Maybe Sammy Watkins doesn't even make the team. So this is one of those ones that could change a ton in training camp. You know, Christian Watson's dominating and looking like the next great alpha. Well, I might bump him up to 25 and take hits everywhere else. So this is definitely one that's a little bit in flux. But if the season started today, I do think Rodgers would lean a bit on his trusted targets, which would be Alan Lazard, which would be Randall Cobb. And most importantly for fantasy this year, in my opinion, Aaron Jones seeing a huge bump in targets with Devontae Adams. And that's not just a number I pulled out of my ass either. This is something that if you look at the game splits over the last four years, um, Aaron Jones was on pace for nearly 2,000 total yards in the games without Devontae Adams. And a huge part of that was a ginormous spike in receiving usage. So as you can see, that those are your kind of your, your market shares. Again, your target shares, your rushing share. And then from there, we move over to, okay, so how efficient are these guys going to be uh, with the work we got? Sound good so far, Truth? Any questions before? Sounds I go good. Ahead? I mean, the the Jones AJ Dillon thing is really interesting. Like you said, they're basically just splitting carries. I mean, it's like 50 50. Um, and I mean, the the receiving work you're talking about going to Jones is such a massive bump, at least through your projections. I mean, you have Jones as your RB8 on the big board, and Dillon is your RB23. And mm -hmm. for guys that are essentially splitting carries, I mean, that that is very significant. That's the difference between like a first round pick and a I don't know, fourth round pick, something like that. That's a huge deal. I mean, is Dylan a sneaky 
do you like him? I mean, it seems like you could maybe get real value value on Dylan if you think he's going to get so many carries. Yeah, and especially because he's fallen right now to round six, seven, and that right. it's the ultimate kind of quote unquote handcuff with benefit that we always talk about. Because I do think on the ground, I mean, the guy one the legs. I mean, have you seen this man's quads? The size of my torso. Well, your comment on the big board is those fucking quads. <laughs> yeah. Very, very insightful analysis for right. all you heavy hitters. That's out what there. people are paying uh, for. Very analytical driven approach here. But yeah, I mean, the guy is an absolute, he has elephant trunks for his freaking leg. Like, insanity. What AJ Dillon has built as, and he looks good while running. Like he, he hits the hole. Well, he's got good vision. So I wouldn't be shocked at all to see this play out and him to be a great value. Cause it is that handcuff with benefits. If Jones goes down or misses time. And we've seen that kind of regularly these last few years, even if it's just a game here or there, Dylan's going to smash in any of those weeks that he's out. But I do want to return to your part, too, because, like, the big gap, why are they so wide? An important stat that we cite on this podcast all the time is targets are worth over 2.5 more than a carry. And that's why – and PPR leagues even more so. So it's that that type of – it's kind of like the rushing quarterbacks, right? It's that one stat that can, like, vault a a running back to the cheat code territory. truly is usually receiving usage. Think about – you know, Christian McCaffrey for so many years, why he was such a cheat code. Jamal Charles. Not guys. too long. Yeah. Uh, but that's why I do. I think Aaron Jones, a smash second round pick with that receiving work uh, coming in there. And I do think AJ Dillon, as you mentioned, like a nice solid value in round six, seven, especially if you've already locked up two running backs and now you just want like your, you're kind of yeah. filling your bench with upside and maybe becomes a usable flex. Maybe he becomes a true running back one. The game, something happens to Jones. I I, lo- I love this backfield okay. with everything else going on on this team. All right, cool. Go um, for it. In terms of receivers, I, I you know what's crazy is when would you ever expect? And one of the big questions I've been posing all offseason is who's going to be the number one for Aaron Rodgers? Who's going to be the number one for Pat Mahomes? I don't have a single receiver on either team that projected inside my top forty, which is right. Not- <laughs> so I don't know if you have exactly where these guys projected in. I know Lazard was the top at, I believe like 41. Ugh. I mean, it's ugly. If any of them did have like a true breakout and, and just dominated, I do think it'd be Lazard. He ended the season pretty damn hot, but part of me is worried. That was with Devante Adams drawing, obviously so much attention. Lazard feasting on number twos. I, I could see that being the case. He was the wide receiver 18 though for the last six weeks of the year. So we've seen him have some pretty dominant stretches in particular in the red zone. So if any of these guys I was confident would just kind of blow out their projection and be the one, I think it'd be Lazard, despite the fact that Christian Watson has all the upside and all the talent in the world to be that guy. It just, that's why this is such a crucial target share and aerial pie to monitor because Nobody be shocked if Aaron, if any of these guys finish in the top 15. That's what I wanted to say to you. Are we going to be looking back at this? I don't know, like mid season or after the season and basically being like, I mean, one of these guys is really going to blow us away, right? Like we got these two uh, apparently really mediocre receiving cores. Somebody in one of these receiving cores, or maybe somebody in each of them, is going to have a really big season, right? I mean, you got these guys said nobody's projected ab- above what, like 40th, something like that, with these guys on these receiving cores. I'm looking right now to get the specifics, but I mean, don't you think somebody's going to break out in one of those receiving cores? You'd think so when you're attached right? to two of the top QBs in the game. I mean, they logic tells you yes, but I don't know that I look at my target percent and really think anything's crazy off right now to me that the big blow up is Aaron Jones like we were saying becomes you know the Kamara light 
for Green Bay, for Aaron Rodgers, and he now brings his receiving game to another level. God forbid he ever saw the rushing work he saw two seasons ago as the running back four in addition to the receiving work. He would break fancy. That's not going to happen with A.J. Yeah. Dillon here. That's the only reason he's not projecting as a, a top five running back for me at this point is because A.J. Dillon's such a good runner. But the fact that Dillon is going to see more work on the ground, according to me, and yet Aaron Jones can still project in the top, the top 10 running backs, that's where I think this fallout is happening. And then you look you look at the Chiefs. I, I know we're going to them tomorrow, but like I just think Kelsey goes up to like a, a potential yeah. Chief coach. Yeah, you're right. I, 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 I did kind of forget about Kelsey. Uh, yeah, you have Juju at 42, and you have Alan Lazard at 45. I'm way lower on Juju than the consensus. I, I think he's one of the most overrated. We're, we'll get to the AFC tomorrow. Right. We right, have right. enough. We've we been talking a lot of Chiefs for the NFC show. show. Meanwhile, we're, meanwhile we're, one, we're, we're almost done with one team, and we're 16 minutes in. So, um, <laughs> there for are those of you that, that are trying to settle in for a four and a half hour podcast, we got good news for you. Oh, we got, yeah, we'll be going. Right. We'll be going for sure. But no, the only other guy to touch upon is Tunyon, who did have a monster year just a few seasons ago, but it was so touchdown heavy. Yeah. And last year, when he was playing, he was a non factor. So I have him for 606. And honestly, that feels almost too, too high right now. So I'm a little bit worried about that. I think he comes out within my top 15 tight ends as a result of this projection, but I think it might be also a little too high for somebody coming off his injury. Uh, that wasn't really a big part of the offense last year. But he, also, he also might have to be again, because the, the weapons dearth is, is so sad here. I just, I don't see him having a particularly big year. I really don't. Yeah. Huh? I don't either. So yeah, it's, it's a tricky, <laughs> tricky pie to sort through. This is definitely going to be one of the longer teams we cover for sure. <laughs> What's the first one? We're breaking it in. Yeah, exactly. All right. All right, let's get down to it. All righty. Vikings? Yeah, that's one? a little – that's more interesting. And I, I got a couple bones to pick on this one. Or two. Two bones yeah. to pick. So let me uh, pick up – Get into the, the team, and then I'll tell you a couple issues that I have. And again, those of you that tuned in, please consider giving us a thumbs up. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Remember last year our boy Ch Charlie Preble was here every day? Like, we had a crew that kind of came. We were doing it at noon every day, so that could have been oh, – right. uh, That's you know, true. The difference as well. But we had, like, a good lunchtime crew that came to all these. So I'm hoping – uh, a bunch of people catch the replay here. Enjoy it. But if you're catching the replay, you're live with us here, please do consider hitting that thumbs up button and helping us continue to grow the channel. It would mean the world. Yeah. All righty. To the Vikings? Yeah, to the do Vikings. Do you want to pick your bones or do you want me to go through my team preview first? Well, why don't you start? Why don't you do the preview? And as we get to the positions, I'll tell you my two beefs. Yeah, this is the team of all teams that I am investing in more heavily than any other at their current prices. I absolutely love the Minnesota Vikings. They've always had a pretty solid offense since Kirk Cousins and those weapons got here. But I think this is the year they take it to the next level, thanks to their new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. So I project him right around, uh, not an insane amount of total volume here. As you can see, 440 rush attempts as a team, 615 pass. So 1055 plus 15 league average. That's kind of like the McVay. Kevin O'Connell comes from the McVay offense with that you know 58% pass to 42% rush. Typically, McVay's offense are actually a little bit more run heavy than that. So maybe we see it skewed, but I really think their defense is going to be absolutely atrocious for the Vikings, which is going to lead to a ton of catch up time for Kirk Cousins and this offense. And I think they're going to explode as a result. So let's look at that. Real quick, I have Dalvin Cook getting 64% of the rushing workload. That's right in line with what Gurley saw over those. So you think about those offenses where Gurley was an absolute cheat code. That's what Kevin O'Connell was hailed to go raised under. I think 
<laughs> Dalvin Cook. Uh, but let's before we get to the playoff, I'll just spoil it. Dalvin Cook's my number one running back in projections of this. Right. Year. Well, this is one of my. <laughs> this is one of the things that we're going to talk about because this is a really big deal. Yeah. So for running back projections, half point PPR, Dalvin Cook's the guy you have scoring the most points. Yeah. Well, fantasy's all about scoring points. But he's four on your big board and actually six overall on your big board. He's running back four, six overall. For the for the running back that you think is going to score the most points in fantasy, that that's a that's a huge difference. That because I mean you'd think that's your number one overall pick, right? How yes, is he yeah. not how is he not your number one overall pick? That's a my couple first things get, question. That that's a great question. A couple things get baked to that. One, there is certainly more injury risk with Dalvin Cook than your typical first rounder. I think whenever he's on the field, we're getting 20 to 30 points a week, and it's going to be even steadier. We have saw last year, you know, 40 points and then 10 points. I think we're just getting a nice steady. Every week that Dalvin's out there, it's going to be gold. But he's missed two-plus games in every single season, you know, five or more in two of those years as well. There's definitely very, very real injury risk with Dalvin Cook, more so than your typical first-rounder. So even if I have him, this is 16 games of Dalvin Cook. If he played 16. I think he does score the, the most points of all running backs. And I think that's why. Is it 16 or 17? Did you project? I was for 17. 16? Yeah, that's right. I predicted for so 17. Are, are all these projections projecting for 17 as if yes. they played every game? Yeah, okay, exactly. That's, that's significant. That's good to know. Um, yes. So yeah. you're basically saying everybody, if everybody plays every single game, or this is like an injury free season for the NFL, right? This is what you think would happen. For the most part, there's a couple guys. I think like James Conner, I projected for like maybe he misses a game or two because Dalvin Cook, you know, two of his last three, he's played 14 games, two straight seasons. So, I mean, he's got injury risk, but if we got 14 games, 14 games out of a guy you think is going to score at this clip is maybe the number one overall pick in my opinion. Very well could be. Uh, But part of it is also you do want to factor in ADP as well. So, like, it's a tricky line. It's a tricky balance where he's falling all the way to 10 through 12 right now. It's tough to go. I want to be overweight on him. I want to have him higher in my rankings, but it's tough to go from like 12 to one when the, you know, I don't want to be that insane, even though my, that's why I like having the projections though. It it kind of shows and balances that out. And maybe I do need to continue to bump him up the rankings. All right. Well, that was my first question. And, and that answers it. That answers it fairly well. I mean, 17 games. I mean, I don't know. I'd be interested. I mean, you know, James Conner, come on, this guy's not going to play 16 games. Right. What are you talking about? All right, I mean, so I, I'd be interested to see how many of those, uh, how many of those account for the discrepancies on your list and how yeah. many of them are just like, you just like, you know, had a brain fart. And that, yeah, exactly. So it's good to keep pointing these out as we go. Um, so market share again, 64% in games that he's healthy. I think it's going to be 75%. Like he, most games, he's going to be out there for all of it. That 24% for Madison is actually accounting for maybe him hitting a game or two of starts as well. So that's, I, you know, this is kind of factoring in maybe uh, a start or two for Madison as well. Uh, the big thing with Dalvin cook, and then we'll get into the rest of the target share too, is this leap to 13% target share. We saw Todd Gurley get 16% or more for those two seasons of 2017, 2018, when he was an absolute cheat code. So this could be even potentially higher either way. 80 targets would be a career high by far. And you know, a guy like Dalvin cook, even 20 more targets in a game, He's the type of talent that can knife through an entire defense all at once. 9.9 yards after the catch. The yeah. last three years, that's the most in the NFL, more than Debo Samuel, more than Austin Eckler, who are the next closest. It's just insane what this guy can do. So that's one of the reasons 
that 13% target share that that has me having him with 536 receiving yards, two touchdowns in addition to 1382 and 14 TDs right now. I mean, we saw him score 16 touchdowns just a season ago. I don't think it's that without the realm of possibility. If I think this offense takes a big step that he could hit pay dirt at that same clip, the rest of the target tree, as you can see, 29% for Justin Jefferson talking about using him in the Cooper cup role, moving him all over, letting him get more slot mismatches. I love him as a top five pick and in, in entire fantasy. I've been loading up on him whenever I have a top five pick. Honestly, even a little bit above Dalvin Cook, who again, I have as the, the locked, not locked in, but the number one running back in my projections. Jefferson just is that much safer of a bet to me to, to finish as one of the top, if not the top wide receiver. 119 catches, 1785 and 13 touchdowns coming in my projections with a 29% target share. I love him. Adam Thielen surprised me a lot with 117 targets, 996 and 11 touchdowns. But as I did the research, he's a great red zone weapon. Him and Kirk Cousins have an awesome chemistry in that area. So I definitely think 11 touchdowns is not without the realm of possibility. And I do think that ended up having him project. I had him at like wide receiver. Yeah. He ended up jumping into my top 15, I believe. Maybe wide receiver 16. Uh, I I have this information in front of me. Oh yeah, that um, all. yeah. So, see, I, I question some of your some of your Viking love because I think just like me, I don't really think you believe it. I think that I think I that you, you did your pro- no no you did your projections and you've got Kirk Cousins projected as your fifth highest scoring quarterback, but he's your quarterback twelve on your big team. so you don't really you know he's still Kirk Cousins. You're not. You know, you're not drafting this guy as one of your top five quarterbacks, even though that's what the numbers say. And unlike the injury thing with Dalvin Cook, like there's no reason to think Cousins won't play just about all the games. I mean, you know, anybody could get hurt, obviously, but you clearly you're factoring that in. Same thing with Thielen, actually, because you have Thielen uh, projected as your wide receiver 18, I think, uh, as far as production. But on your big board, he's your wide receiver 25. So it's like. You like how these guys are supposed to produce, but you don't really quite want to pull the trigger. Now, I will say that Jefferson, uh, you definitely put your money where your mouth is. Um, <laughs> you'll you'll draft that guy anytime, any place. But you know, I, I wonder. I wonder if you got a little bit of the Kirk Cousins yips like I do. Yeah. I, well, so again, similar to Dalvin Cook, part of it is the industry price. Like, you never want to let something bias you or not. But if I don't have to pay quarterback five price. Why would I? We've had that conversation a million times. If you're, if I think this car is worth forty thousand dollars, but you're going to sell it to me for twenty thousand, I'm not going to say actually here's twenty thousand more for you. Sure, he's going as the quarterback fifteen in drafts. So even just that plus three to rank him inside that tier of QB ones tells you I, I do believe that he's going to put up some stats. I've said it a million times on the podcast. I think he pisses himself in the big game. You know when the playoffs are on the line. I don't want him as my guy, but in terms of racking up stats, we saw him put up nearly 5,000 yards in a Jay Gruden horrendous offense with like Pierre Garçon as his number one receiver. You're telling uh, me this yes. guy couldn't hit 5K when you got Je- Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I love KJ Osborne as a number three and then Dalvin Cook. And I think part of what I like about this offense is one, I, I think it's going to be a huge aerial pie. Clearly 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns for Cousins. Hit that on prize picks, by the way. It's 4,200 yards on prize picks for a season what? long bet. I think he's going to beat even that. Even I think he's going to do better. Than even that. if you don't love him, I know truth. Like you, you could see him getting to forty five hundred pretty easily with these weapons. In I mean, this that's two, that's two hundred and fifty yards a game. Exactly. Oh, he could. He's going to smash that. So that, I think that's and Justin Jefferson was fourteen hundred, which he had sixteen hundred last year. Fourteen seventy five rather was his prize picks. 
smash that all day. I wish I had more of the prize picks ready for the show. I just kind of looked at the Vikings ahead of time because I knew I was so high on them. I, I think Jefferson smashes, and you can stack those two guys up for a prize pick all day. I think both those guys blow their projections uh, by the season-long lines out of the water. Um, so, yeah, I, the reason I do love this offense, though, I was going to get at is, yes, it's a big pie, but it's also very concentrated to Dalvin Cook as a running back, Jefferson Thielen, and I think Osborne as the three does get a healthy 86 targets, catches 53 of them for seven, 16, and seven. I think that's not an unfair line. And then Irv Smith, I still think there's room for him to get 92 targets, 704 uh, touchdown, uh, yards, rather, and six touchdowns. You know, that like it seems crazy because you're like, all right, you know, Irv Smith is maybe the fifth at best on the target totem pole, maybe, but I think the, the target pie is so big and that the, the, it's going to be so concentrated that even if he's the fifth, when only five mouths are truly being fed, I, I think Irv Smith could do some real damage with that. He ended up coming out, I think, in my top 10 tight, uh, tight ends in terms of the projection, which I love. All right. So that's going to do it for what I would say are the two teams that are worth talking about, even though the Packers are only borderline even worth talking about. But the Vikings certainly certainly are. Um, just for the record, you do have Irv Smith or tight end ten, uh, at least projections wise. So yep. uh, yeah, and I think he's actually probably the same thing on your big board. To be honest, he's right in that range. Yeah, right. He was not on my discrepancy list, so he was at least within one or two of that. All right, let's get into the Lions, huh? Now I just want to say before we get into the Lions, uh, CJ commented the Lions are tied with the Bears at plus nine hundred to win the North. I sneaky like those betting odds. What do you do think? Do you like the Lions to win the North? Sneaky. Oh, come on. <laughs> plus, plus 900. They're a trendy pick, too. I've, I've heard people talking about them. And I, I like Dan Campbell. And, like, I want I, I want to root for them. I hope they do. I, fuck Rodgers. I would love to see anybody else other than the Packers win it. It's not going to be the Lions. No way. The Lions suck. They've always sucked. They'll play games tough. And then they'll figure out a way to blow it just like they did all last year, and then it's just going to be that much worse. Uh, Goff's the quarterback. You think Goff is going to lead this shit-bum franchise to the playoffs for the first time? It's like, no way. Of course no I way. don't. I, I mean, plus 900, okay. But, like, I don't like the Bears. They're both plus 900 for a reason. I don't want either of them. Right. I don't know I mean, what the No, of course are. not. I kind of feel the same way about them as I do, like, the Jets and the Giants and stuff and the Jaguars. I'm just going to – I'm going to have to see it to believe it, and I, I just don't believe it. I, you know, I remember – the Lions making the playoffs when I was like a kid or something. Like I, I was in middle school or something. Uh, Barry Sanders Lions made the playoffs. I remember and they got killed by, I think the Cowboys or something like that. And that's, I mean, I, I know they made it maybe once or twice with Stafford, but Calvin like, Johnson, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe they made the playoffs like a couple times in my life, but no, I don't think they're going to the playoffs. No. And I certainly don't think they're winning the division. Anyway. Not, not with Jared. I like what they're building. I do think they have some interesting pieces. But until they have a quarterback better than Jared Goff, it's not happening. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> but fantasy-wise, I do think there's going to be some viable pieces here. Why don't we transition on in? All right, um, go for 10, it. 10, 16 total plays, 420 rushes, 596. I think they'd like to rush it more, but their defense sucks to the point that they have to abandon the run earlier. Still, you know, minus 24 league average play. That seems just about right. They were. Uh, let me just double-check. Last year's, I think they were minus, yeah, 16, minus 69 the year before, before Campbell got there. They did play with a little bit more pace, um, a little more juice there. But I think, you know, just a below league average seems about right with a 41% rush, 59% pass. Do you think Goff is going to take the majority of these pass attempts unless he gets hurt? They didn't really add anybody or any threat 
to his competition. So unless they truly bomb, I do think Goff is going to be the main quarterback with about 584 attempts, 400 completions there. We'll get to his stat line in a second. But in terms of the other market shares, I got DeAndre Swift seeing just under 50% of the rush attempts at 202. Uh, we got 40% coming in for Jamal Williams. That's about in line with what they did last year. I do think it should be more for Swift, but I also do wonder, you know, I think it's fair to say, is he going to hold up to a full workload? The big thing with Swift, though, as it was last year, this is one of the things we nailed on our projection show last year, humongous target share coming in for him. Uh, it was last year. It is, again, 16% target share, so 95 targets I have for Swift. Um, and I think that is very, very reasonable. He is a phenomenal receiver, one of the most dangerous guys out of the backfield. And if this workload spiked for Swift, he's been one of the most efficient players we've seen in recent years. I, he's graded out higher than many running backs. I He could have – he's the type of guy that, like, in round two could explode and be, like, the number one running back. I just don't know that I believe in the team enough. I do think the line – they have a very good line. They continue to add on to it and continue to beef it up. So if there's one thing I love about it, it is the line. I think that's going to help Swift uh, as it helped him last year. But I still – I can't take him above Aaron Jones. You know, if he does what Aaron Jones does, has been doing his whole career, we'd be satisfied. Yeah, I see him going ahead of Aaron Jones. So I haven't drafted a lot of DeAndre Swift. Uh, where do you fall in on DeAndre Swift? Uh, I'm coming from a place of skepticism, but I see I see the potential. I mean, you know, you're talking about giving a guy 100 targets – also, I, I find it str- – I mean, I mean, obviously, we talked about targets earlier when we were talking about Jones and Dylan. I mean, this is a- AJ uh, – DeAndre Swift's going to get four times as many targets as Jamal Williams, like you said, and targets are worth just, you know, exponentially more than like a carry. So mm-hmm. I definitely see the value in that. I also would tack a little bit of a premium on it, and I don't know I, the data behind this. Maybe this is – maybe this wouldn't hold up to like close scrutiny – but when I consider a quarterback to be kind of a below average quarterback, I always look for more completions to the tight end and to the running back than I ordinarily would. It just, they seem like easier pass routes, dump offs, stuff like that. And I think Jared Goff is exactly the type of guy I could see like looking for that safety blanket all the time. Cause he's not really trying to air it out anything like that. So I actually do like Swift, even though I'm skeptical of any lions piece you have Swift as your RB10 on the big board, although you've only got him projected as your RB13 um, as far as numbers. Not a huge discrepancy, but it seems like you like him maybe slightly more than the numbers. Yeah, I, and I think I baked in a little bit of the injury risk to these projections as well. I wouldn't be shocked to see him finish as like the running back eight in points per game, but just ultimately doesn't play enough games to crack that top 10. We will see for sure. The other pieces, of course, is Hawkinson. I'm a lot lower than I expected to be on him. And that's because so, I'm a lot higher on Amara St. Brown than a lot of people are. 130 targets coming his way. He was the number one receiver, more than Cooper Cup over your fantasy playoffs. He went on that dominant elite stretch and everybody wants to discredit it and tell you, when I see a rookie that does that with Tim Boyle at their quarterback, I want to sing its praises and I believe in it. And I don't think it was fluky. He is very smooth. No, he's he's good. after the catch. Like it just didn't look fluky at all. It, the comp that people kept making coming out of college was Cooper Cup. And that was just exactly kind of what we were seeing is that move around and just get open and, and be savvy and be available for your quarterback. Just like you said with Jared Goff, that's what I, I like about him a lot is he's the type of guy that is a great security blanket that can always kind of feel the coverage out and be there for you. So I love Ama to get uh, you know a, a ton of targets, 130. 
And he ends up finishing in my top 20 receivers because of it. I believe wide receiver 18 and PPR 10, 56, seven on 96 catches. I, I really don't, I, that's a, maybe a ceiling projection, but I feel pretty good about admitting that ceiling. If you could do it with big game Boyle, you could do it with anybody. Uh, and yeah, they added Jamison Williams and people are like, yeah, you know, he's way more talented. Maybe as a physical specimen, sure. I honestly think it's a great addition for Amon Ra because he's just going to clear out more and more space. You have to have the, the safeties over the top there to defend that your Tyree kill level of explosiveness and speed from Jamison Williams, who I do like taking a later round stab with, especially in, in best ball, you know, the type of blow up guy that could have a, a 30 point week, but I'm not going too hard in on him or Chark or even Cephas, of course, because I, like you met again with Goff, I think the short, safe throws are what he does best and what he's comfortable with. And none of those three really fit the bill. They fit the real life, you know, field stretching, keep the defenders away so St. Brown can do his thing. But fantasy-wise, I don't know that any of those three will be that dependable. And outside of best ball, I'm not really looking at any of them uh, outside of Jamison Williams. And and I'm not looking at Hawkinson because I just – he always gets hurt, and he, so, he starts hot, and and he just I don't know. He just feels like he's never gonna fully come through for us. Right? So there was there was not a lot of action as far as discrepancies amongst your tight ends in either conference, NFC or AFC, with the exception of two guys, and one of them is Hawkinson. And so yeah. I actually want to bring this as one of the biggest discrepancies, uh, the biggest discrepancy actually. You have him projected as your tight end sixteen wow. by, the, by the numbers. <laughs> But you've got him as your tight end nine on your big board. Like that that's that's a big, big difference. Well, it is why, huge difference. I think you're I mean, there's gotta be a little bit of just kind of like past like uh who's a decent tight end? Ah, uh, Hawkinson's okay. And like, you know, there's not maybe that many. You got him kind of, I feel like, in the Herb Smith range. Yeah, I maybe I'm projecting him a little too low because of, of tight ends, you know, 16% starting to feel a little lower than maybe it should. Maybe Amon Ross comes down, you know. One to two percent, but I guess it is just a product of me being very high on this now sophomore coming in this year, uh, and being pretty low on everybody else around him because I think he's just going to be the magnet for the ball. I, the thing with Hawkinson is whether I have him ranked at nine or sixteen, or whatever, he always goes where Goddard or especially who we love Dawson Knox uh, go, and I will never go right J Hawkinson over either of those two, and he's getting drafted ahead of both of them. So I've, I've that's stupid. Him. Zero. I've literally have not hit yes on Hawkinson once this year. And I don't plan to change that. So maybe I do need to bump them down the rankings, but those guys are consistently drafted after Hawkinson. And I love Knox. I love Goddard. I mean, certainly Dalton Schultz, one of my favorites. We'll talk about it a little bit tonight. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. So to me, it it comes down to Swift comes on uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, who I I like them both a lot. And I'm certainly higher on ECR than St. Brown. Um, And other than that, I really don't think there's much, Maybe Goff is a QB2 in best ball. But, yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to for them. All right. We are 40 minutes in, and we've done three teams. Um, so <laughs> We'll find is, our groove, but we might not be able to do the whole uh, NFC. We'll see what we have to reschedule. Right. Maybe at uh, right. the intermission, we'll, we'll figure it out. All right. Let's talk Chicago. <laughs> Let me find the Chicago. Do you have the uh, banner, too, that you can hit on the um, stream yard? Uh, I can hit it, too, if need be. Oh, for the for – the, what's it called? What's it under? Um, yeah, I got it. Bears. Right there. Um, right. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Bears. Uh, I just want to make sure I didn't bears. forget. All, All right. right. Let's talk bears. If there's anything worth talking about, there's not, not much a whole worth lot. Talking about. Minus 31. I mean, the one thing that's worth talking about is there's no more Nagy. So it can only be a positive. You'd think for Justin Fields, they've talked about crafting it around his strengths as any normal good head coach would do, which should mean more rushing attempts for him. 
uh, which does have him coming out okay in my projections, but I'm still hesitant. You know, there, there's tons of great data. We've talked about Jalen Hurts last year. Didn't do much with his arm, but the, the rushing really vaulted him up. Uh, I do think he has a little bit more of an arm, though, than Justin Fields. He, he was inaccurate all year, unless he takes some huge steps. And maybe we see that in training camp, because I could get down on Justin Fields. Coming in, I like the prospect a lot. I just hated everything I saw, and, and it's tough to know right. how much of that was negative. You hate everything you see. Like, that's the thing, right? I hated everything I saw. I'm right. not going to – I'm not buying this guy. I'm not either, no. especially with the weapons. And we'll talk about that right now while we go through. What weapons? Exactly. Uh, so the 21% rush share Byron Pringle. is really the only reason to like him. Uh, you know, 600 rush yards and four touchdowns, that would be pretty damn sexy. Other than that, uh, you, you look at the how I've divided up the work. 28% going to Darnell Mooney. And that's why I do like Mooney, because I think he's just going to get bathed in targets coming out with 1,100 yards and, and six touchdowns. I can get down on that. I also really, really like the, the uh, rookie they drafted. Not in Dynasty. I know how old he is and everybody wants to hate on him. But as a last-round dart throw, Velas Jones, they're saying he's learning every single receiver position, that he's learning the backfield positions because they're trying to make him. They've already comped him to Debo Samuel a million times. Debo's, of course, the special next-level talent that very few, if anybody's, ever going to come in and match. But that role, that type of volume, is whether you're Debo or not. If you're going to see carries, you're going to see catches, you're going to move all over, I'll buy into that role. Quarter Hope Batterson last year. Like, that is the type of player that if you can get him in the last round, just go take the stab and see what happens. He might suck. He might be useless. He's taking his whiteboard, though, to practice, and I love that about him. Uh, so That's I have true. him coming in. We have always liked that. Oh, of course. How could you not like to bring your, you know, you bring your lunch pail or you bring your whiteboard. Either way, you got, you're set for work. And I love it. Vilas Jones. Um, but also you look as like, everyone, how's he going to be number two receiver? Who else is there to climb about? Byron fucking Pringle? Equinemius St. Brown? Like, we don't need to worry about either of them. No, we sure don't. No. Uh, Cole Komet, maybe mildly intriguing, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I have him seeing 82 targets, a 16% share. Calling in 50 of them for five. He's not intriguing, but he's the type of guy, like if you punt it on tight end, you could probably grab really late in the draft and be like, yeah, fine. He's fine. Yeah. He goes in the same range as Irv Smith. And I I go. Does he really? Every single time. I would go Irv Smith over him a hundred times out of a hundred. Exactly. More athletic, just more interesting. Komet was the number one tight end coming in a couple years ago. So like there's still some upside here, but as you both said at the top, we're not believers in field really at least for his passing game, you know, 3,364 yards. That's not a huge aerial pie, especially when I think 30% of it's going to one player in Darnell Mooney. Um, other than that, you know, there is, of course, David Montgomery. He's been a top 12 running back in back-to-back years uh, in points per game. He gets one of the easiest schedules year in and year out because the Lions suck. The Packers always have a bad run. D. I guess they're getting a little bit better. But I, I think he's back and locked in for a pretty monstrous workload over half the, the carries at 264 seeing 51 targets. They've talked about really emphasizing the zone run game and just making this one of the most run heavy offenses in the league. And I buy it because, you know, Montgomery and Fields uh, as a runner are really your best two weapons. In addition to bombing a few to Darnell Mooney every week. And that's what I think this offense will be Montgomery, just carrying the shit out of the ball fields, having some nice, interesting run designs and a handful of timely bombs to Mooney is all you're going to really get out of here for consistent production unless Velas Jones does become this move-around piece that has some nice blow-up games for you as well. They're going to be so bad. And this one <laughs> reminds me a little bit of how I suspected maybe you weren't 
you were like cringing a little bit at some of the Viking stuff. Similar thing with David Montgomery. You've got him projected as your RB 14 points wise, but on your big board, you only got him at 19. You're just like, eh, I'm not really looking to like mix it up with these guys if I don't have to. Yeah. Um, I mean, one yeah. Among, the one thing I'll note too, it, it, a remember lot of how people, bad he used to be. That rookie year was horrible. I mean, he was like, we joked about him just incessantly about it was bad. It was what so a terrible running back he was. And then yeah. all of a sudden he just wasn't. He was the, the times we watched from last year, we, we, we both raised it. We're like, we're wrong. Montgomery. I don't know where it came from or where it was for that rookie year, but he was a bowling ball these last couple of years. And yeah. He, he's, really he's a good, good running back. I, I think we can come around and say, he's a good player. He's going to get a lot of volume. I guess I do only have him at 19 because the ceiling is ultimately capped in an offense sure. like this. You'd think. But he does get uh, week 17. He gets the Lions, which he always steamrolls. Um, so all you guys out here that are playing best ball and you, you need that week 17 winner, it could be Montgomery going for like 30 against uh, the, the Lions. I mean, is he the type of – but is, is Montgomery the type of back that you – you know, it's like, oh, we're going to just run him into the ground or whatever. They I mean, have. Remember, yeah, remember, I mean, don't you just think he's two years ago? He was the number one guy. I do we remember. We were, I do remember we were laughing about his playoff schedule not mattering. We're like, this yeah. sucks that such a bad running back has such a light schedule. And that's, yeah, and he torched on the, the bulletin board. Because remember, he was the number one running back in the fantasy playoffs. And we're like, I do remember. And it was, it, it was one of the most shocking things I've ever seen. I, I, so we can, <laughs> I see a, a high risk of injury for him. I really do. He's, he's I mean, look, any NFL guy. running back, I guess there's a high risk of injury. But I, I feel like people are going to try to maybe stack the box against these guys a little bit mm-hmm. and be like, hey, beat us downfield, Justin Fields. I don't yeah. know. If, yeah, if you told me Montgomery was going to have a ton of carries and have like a low yards per carry this year, I would not be shocked by that. He takes all. a lot of shots. And I think where I may be a little off on the projections is at 51 targets – that might be too many for him. Uh, he got a lot of targets last year, but they were with Andy Dalton at quarterback. And so I should pro- I want to go back and look at the splits of Justin Fields um, versus Andy Dalton and how that impacted the receiving work. Because there's a lot of studies out there now that mobile quarterbacks don't tend to dump the ball off because they'll just run for it themselves. Um, we, we've seen it with Lamar Jackson and, and all those running backs never see targets. Jalen it happens time and time again. Uh, there's a lot of, It's not just like a, a case study where there's a couple outliers. It's, Pretty steady that mobile quarterbacks don't typically throw to the running backs nearly as much. Um, I think Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara, when you know, Drew Brees used to pepper him, and then Taysom Hill comes in and Kamara's receiving volume just tanked. Is Andy it, Dalton still play in the NFL? He's on uh, – where the fuck is Andy Dalton now? He's with the Saints. Speaking of the oh, Saints. <laughs> I, if, so, yeah. It would have taken me at least 15 guesses to get that. I, so. I'm 90% positive. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm 96% sure. He's with the Saints. Fantastic. Good to see him we, still chugging along. Oh, man. All righty. 46 minutes in, one down. <laughs> oh. That was a lot. That was a lot. But, I mean, good information in my opinion. Sure. sure. So, do you want to take a quick breather? Uh, hit the three minutes or? Yeah, let's just... de- let's take let's take a three-minute thing and debrief real quick. Did we do that off camera or what? Yeah. So, uh, those of you tuned in, we're going to. Put on a quick video. Elevator music. Elevator music. Let us know in the comments, though, if you can hear us talking. Because <laughs> we're going to try to, like, plan the rest of the show real quick. Um, as I sweat, just dying over yeah. here, too. Um, we're so going to talk about some on. controversial political views. So Yeah. <laughs> so let me just put this on and let us know if you can hear us talking. All right. All right. I'm changing the layout. 
Uh, so. Oh, you know what? I should just listen on this. Yeah, why don't you pull it up and just see if you can hear us? That's <laughs> the safer, safer option. Yeah, we, they yeah, can def- they can definitely hear us. <laughs> they can still hear us. Oh, definitely. Hello. Definitely. Yeah. Oh, they can hear it. Kevin Rice, by the way, just commented. Uh, might be a long video, but I'm loving it, guys. Yes, we can hear you. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, all righty. Uh, whatever. Well, right, I guess so- we can't plan much. Shall <laughs> so, we get back in? <laughs> yeah, let's just get right back into it. Do you want to just keep rolling and just get through it? I know it's long. Just, if, if just you keep get- rolling. I th- no, keep rolling. I think five minutes to six minutes a team makes a lot more sense than 12 or 13 a team. So, like, yeah. let's, let's just. We'll see. So, if we can- yeah. Yeah. We don't need every single number, like how many plays and stuff like that. I think the over or under the league average is the most important thing. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. So, we will. End this. Let's do it. And Kevin, thanks for sticking with us. All righty. Let's get back into it. NFC South. Boom. All righty, folks. We're just going to power on through. NFC South starts now after that (laughs) brief intermission. (laughs) Brief intermission. That was an epic fail. All right. Let's get into it. Let's start right at the top with really the only team I like in this entire conference. So this will be hopefully a quicker one. Than the last one, even though I didn't really like many of those teams. So we I know see. we still managed to drag that out. All right, Tampa Bay, of course, of course you like Tampa Bay. How could you not? Uh, over thirty. Per, so in the last few years, they have been way over the league average: 81, 46, 48, 32. So I mean, that's Tom Brady pushing the pace last year over eighty-one plays. I believe that was the most plays in the NFL last year um, with one thousand one hundred and eleven. Nice number. Nice round number. Uh, I do think that goes down just a little bit, but they're still above league average. I do think with the weapons being banged up from the start, we get a little bit of a more run-heavy attack, at least to start the year. But but you look at that, a run-heavy attack and a Tom Brady Bucks offense is still 37% rush, 63% pass. Yeah, I mean, the 63% pass you're projecting is by far the highest pass percent. I mean, higher than any of the teams in the last division we just did, certainly. Exactly. And that's me saying they're going to be a little bit more run heavy this year. <laughs> so right. th- that gives you all you need to know about how this offense operates, whether it's Bruce Arians, whether it's Byron Left, which now calling the plays, they're going to have Tom Brady hose that thing for as long as he's alive. <laughs> so ultimately I love Brady, 669 pass attempts. That's a little bit of a, a fall again from last year. I think it was 700 and like something. Uh, well, let me just look 726. So I do think you're about 60 less than last year, but he's still going to have plenty of meat on that bone there. Uh, so a big aerial pie. And how do I think that pie is going to be divided? Well, 23% going to Mike Evans, 154 whopping targets coming Mike Evans way. Your wide receiver. Four. That's, and that's what I want to make sure to emphasize. And I, I actually changed that one. I saw he came out in my projections as wide receiver four. And that's one of those projections. like, I fully buy that. I, I'm going to go make that adjustment on my big board right yeah, he's now. He's four on both your lists. And the reason he came in so big was, yes, the targets are big. Maybe this is hyperbolic, but 16 touchdowns is what I have Mike Evans projected for with 1380 yards and 100 catches. I think he's just going to go Randy Moss style, just nuts for the first half of the year while Godwin's out. They're saying he's coming along slow. They don't want to rush it. He's their franchise receiver. Uh, they know that they need to keep him healthy and in bubble wrap. So I don't think he's going to play at least the first six weeks, if not longer Godwin. Um, and as you can see, you know, even after missing six weeks, I still I mean, really you're like giving Godwin. Godwin essentially three quarters of the production of Evans, which I'm a little surprised by. I mean, not touchdown wise, but still. 
Right. Um, it, that's because of the missed time. You know, he's going to miss. No, I'm, ju- I'm surprised you're giving him that high of a percentage of what Evans is going to get, given that we know he's going to be missing six games or so. Yeah. A hundred targets though. I mean, God, when Godwin's in there, he's the number one target. Yeah. Uh, when Godwin's out, Evans just becomes unstoppable. I think he scored a touchdown in every single game he's played without Godwin throughout his career. Oftentimes it's multiple. So there's a track record to those 16 touchdowns. It wasn't just like Godwin's out. I'm going to just go crazy with my projections. That's actually what happens. And I don't see why it wouldn't happen because the only other weapon there. And I really like this guy is Russell Gage, 114 targets, 80 catches. This guy was a top 25 receiver for the second half of last year. Once we had no Calvin Ridley and he had to step up and be a number one. Well, now he doesn't have to be a number one, but he's going to see number one level volume facing number twos. And he had huge days when he was facing subpar corners, our guy, Scott Barrett projected that out um, and, and Gage like got erased or he went nuts. And I think facing a lot of number twos and a slot role for Tom Brady, he's going to go nuts. And I think those first six weeks when there's no Godwin, we're looking at probably a top 20 with top 15 upside. And then even when Godwin's back, we saw Antonio Brown, Evans and Godwin all put up top 12 numbers for those like multiple stretches there. So I don't think it's like Gage just disappears when Godwin comes back either. So I really love Gage at his price. He finished in my top 30 in projections ahead of DK Metcalf, which is another conversation later tonight we'll have. I'm not in on him at all, uh, but very, very into Gage uh, as his aerial pie. But that, again, that's why this is, you look at just when you have a team throwing it as many times as them, even a, a 15% slice for Godwin through the, the second half of the season is enough to make him very, very viable uh, if you are able to, especially if you can stack Godwin and Gage or something of that nature to have a, a bridge to Godwin, I still think he's going to have a really nice second half of the year. Um, but yeah, it, to me, it's, it's those big three receivers. And then you can also see 10% going to Fournette. He saw over 80 targets last year. I They drafted Rashad White, who I really like. I think he's the best pass catching back to come out, uh, maybe since Swift. Really, really big fan of Rashad White. Um, CJ wrote a great article on him. And then, oh, what, truth. Oh, <laughs> there you are. So I just saw your text. I don't know what happened, but hello. I don't either. All of a sudden, I was just like looking at a white screen. <laughs> I, 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 I was talking about. So and I don't know if you could hear it. No, I could uh, hear. I was just, uh, I was yeah. just out. But yeah, I could gotcha. Hear. So yeah, I really like Rashad White, and that's I think going to eat into Lenny Fournette, so particularly as a receiver this year. The coach is already kind of complaining about Fournette's routes last year, and. I take that with a grain of salt because Brady's already said how much he trusts Fournette and their ability to improvise on the fly. And and Byron Leftwich said it's a tough guy to take off the field given their chemistry together. So the, the mixed reporting is a little off to me. But Fournette's also fat right now. Like, fat. I mean, look at me. I've called Leonard Fournette fat. This guy's just huge, you know, massive man that would murder me in a heartbeat. But he showed up about 15, 20 pounds overweight. We've seen that story with Fournette before that he's like, yeah, I'm going to lose it all. And then he, Sometimes has and sometimes he hasn't. He's been a little bit sluggish. He can't be afforded to be sluggish with the talent like Rashad White behind him. So I am down on Fournette projections wise, rankings wise. I am significantly lower um, than than the ECR on this one because of how high I am on Rashad White. Yeah, I think I, people yeah. Uh, the ECR is just looking at it as yeah, that's a Tampa Bay running back. Like that position is going to produce points, and and I agree with that. But if if he's not just like the undisputed bell cow all the time, I don't think it's necessarily going to be all coming from him. Yeah, that, and that's what was so big for him last year was the you know eighty yeah, percent. He really was right targets like it was madness. 
And the last thing we'll wrap up is like a lot of people are going all in on Cameron Brait now that Gronk's retired. You Brait love sucks. Cameron Brait. You always <laughs> right. I you, you know I've talked, I think, about Ethan could spit on anybody's face. But We've all got hard. our guys, and that's that's <laughs> your guy. I despise Cameron Brait. Uh, and I actually, if I'm taking a tight end from the, the Bucks, I like K Dot and the rookie. We've already seen the athletic report. That's a spite pick. Yeah, maybe, but I, I hate Cameron. He, does nothing. he occasionally will catch a touchdown for you, and he does nothing else. One of the least efficient receivers we've seen ever. He's just a blob of goo and uselessness. No thank you to Cameron Bray. Kate Otten, on the other hand, athletic rookie coming in. They're saying that the, the speculating he's going to be running more of the Gronk type routes. Um, so I don't know, necessarily need a tight end from here. That's why, again, I have Evans and Gage projected as high as I do with the yeah. running backs also combining for nearly 20% of the targets as well. Like, I, I just don't think the tight ends, it's not, it's not, they got to find their next Gronk. They're just not going to use their tight ends because they all suck. You like That's Tampa Bay good. coming out of the NFC this year? Uh, of that, con- of the entire NFC? Yeah. Going to the Super Bowl? Ah. Uh, I mean, I know, I, obviously you can change your mind at some point, but yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't like this roster. I, I mean, Brady's mm-hmm. obviously going to be as fired up as he can be to do it. I still really like the Rams. I mean, yeah, I don't see any reason other than history saying that team is not the best one in the NFC right now. All right. Fair enough. Also, also, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with you. Also, I, I hate to point this out. I hate to be that guy that Brady's 45. <laughs> He's going to be 45 years old, um, <laughs> which, you know, for most of human history meant that you couldn't be an elite NFL quarterback anymore. But obviously that is not true. But Absolutely. still, there's going to be some age at some point where he's not as good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, and we got a, a good question here. And we'll, I, I guess we can sprinkle them in just because if you're sitting here watching us do yeah. this, you know, Let's it's a long show, love. a stat heavy show, and, and some of you will love it. If you're here and you love it, great. Um, Howland, I actually am very shocked at how low Debo came out in my projections. 14. Um, he came out as your wide receiver, 14. You've actually got him as your wide receiver, nine on the big board. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. He came because out yeah, you lower. love Debo. You can't, you know. You exactly. He, that's the kind of example. It's like, yeah, this is how I see this offense panning out. And it's not good for Debo, not because I don't like Debo, but because I see how the offense evolves with Lance. But I also think he's too good of a talent to like push him down to where my numbers are. Similar to Pat Mahomes. It's that example. Like there's a difference between projections and rankings. And you, you kind of factor those both those things in. But yeah, I'm a little bit lower uh, than Debo. Uh, the one thing that's- You're really also important, that way, by the way, about Stefan Diggs. Uh, I know. He, so that's when I'm going to adjust. I, that and was, I know I'm that's AFC. Well, but, but it's like, you know, there was a few that really jumped out at me and I was like, yeah. whoa, like, you know, he's you one love- that I saw before going on live with you. Um, that'll be different for tomorrow. I told you I won't change anything, but Stefan Diggs, I was like, that's too low. I'm not. I'm oh, not oh, you mean your projections? Yeah. I, okay. I need to bump him up. <laughs> Spoiler alert. The wolf has him as his wide receiver, 13 projections, but his wide receiver five on the big board. Yeah, that in that's big, it's, big difference. That, that'll be different come tomorrow. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, yeah, there's so one of my big scoops, but anyway, go ahead. Um, and we'll move to the next team in a second. But one note, Howland is uh, that Debo did see 22 targets compared to, I think it was 10 for Ayuk and like nine for Kittle. So he was the guy, and, and those across Lance's starts is what I'm talking about. So he was Lance's preferred guy, and he had two touchdowns um, in, in the first two games with him. So if anyone is going to get it done with Lance, I, it does probably still be Debo. But um, it's just something to keep in mind. I don't think the offense is going to be quite the aerial pie um, of Jimmy Garoppolo. What an aerial dominator. <laughs> but, I, yeah, we'll, we'll get to them. We'll cover them shortly. I hope you're still here, Howland. 
for that one. Um, All right. All right. Let's let's hustle. Let's hustle. Let's get through these shitty ass teams. Yeah, seriously. Like we don't need to talk too much about some of these guys, but I'm sure we will anyway. All, All right. right. Let's get into New Orleans. Um, yep. You know, which is a team that Andy Dalton may or may not play on, according to the Wolf. <laughs> he's Let not me... in your projections. I'll tell you Depth that. Chart. Yeah, he's there. See, look at that, Andy Dalton. Wow, and you got you got Andy Dalton as your QB three. That is some veteran leadership in the locker room. Oh yeah, good. And for then them. you got the Jameis Winston effect too. I mean, what a what a locker room. <laughs> right, and then Taysom Hill. Who knows what the fuck he's like? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll I'll rip through this team really quickly. Minus thirty at league average. That's kind of what we saw last year with Winston at quarterback. You think a, a gunslinger who led the league in passing just a couple of years ago? They kind of uncorked Drew Brees level type of just airing it out and no he, he took under 20 pass attempts in over half of his games which was just kind of maddening to me so Winston was a guy that I, I had higher in my rankings that just really came out pretty poorly in my projections based on how he was used last year now this could be a new offense there's no Sean Payton but I don't necessarily think no Sean Payton's a good thing for him what he did do a lot of though was throwing touchdowns and that's what Jameis always does well he also cut down on his interceptions a lot so there is a ceiling here you know, when you get to that, like, Daniel Jones, Jameis Winston reign, I'll go with Jameis 10 out of 10 times just because I like him better. Even though Daniel Jones actually came out a little bit better in my projections, I, I'd rather be rooting for uh, for Jameis Winston. But is it, the pie just is not going to be big aerial-wise, in my opinion. And I think it's going to be spread out to a lot of mouths with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Chris Olave, a player I love, Jarvis Landry. I mean, a, a low-volume pie – with those type of mouths is a tricky situation to really squeeze value out of. The thing is with Kamara, I projected him for missing six games. They're saying he's going to miss. Uh, and this is because he beat somebody up at the Pro Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that whole thing. Um, so I have him still projected pretty good for playing only uh, 11 games here. You know, 10 touchdowns in 11 games, 1,100 yards in only 11 games. He's the type of guy in best ball that he's falling to round three now. He's a great best ball pick. I am going all in on that round three price because I can get Mark Ingram in round 14, 15. And yeah, no, he's not, I get it. He's not Alvin Kamara, but he averages well over 15 points per game when he starts in Alvin Kamara's place. Like he can be a decent enough placeholder that you get to those six games. The last two teams I drafted through, literally the same first three rounds, it went Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara. And I, I was like, I'll do this every, I'll do this the rest of the off season if, if you want me to, because that is just the juiciest amount of horses. Um, so I, I really like Kamara for his per game clip. I know he's going to probably miss four to six games. Um, but then there is the chance that what if it just kind of gets delayed till next year and then you get all those games at Kamara. Right. And then you're just price. getting this guy as a third rounder. who's a first rounder. It's, it's d- d- just sickening potential value. The receivers are really tricky because like I mentioned, you know, Thomas Landry Olave. I really like all the talents. And as you can see, 112 for Thomas, 107 for Landry, 102 for Olave. Do you I remember how? I mean, I'm, I'm asking a stupid question here because, of course, you remember. Do you remember how awesome Mike Thomas was? Doesn't that seem like like five years ago? It was like 190 targets, and he caught like 85 percent of them. It was insane. Yeah, it was unstoppable, and we were all over that too. We, we oh yeah, him. we we've been I mean, in on he, the Mike Thomas train, which is why he, it's like it's so tricky for me. There's route. He's, he's posting videos of him running routes. It seems like he's going to be healthy, but like he could catch 120 balls this year. Or he could not touch the field. And neither one would surprise me any less than the other, you know? Like, that's that's extremely well said. Yeah, it's so, exactly it's so the same way. It's so tantalizing. I compare it. I, I might have even done this on a past podcast. It's like uh, the Josh Gordon thing. Yeah. You're chasing that buzz. 
Yeah. Because man, that buzz was incredible. You had that guy on your team getting like 200 balls thrown at him and he's catching all of them. <laughs> exactly. Like, you're just like, yeah, this guy. This, I mean, we thought he was going to be like the best receiver in fantasy for like six years or something, yep. like moving forward. And it's like, then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I'm not playing. And we didn't even believe it. We're like, there's no way this guy's not going to play. Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, so yeah, I, I consider the Saints uh, receivers very, very hard to assess. It's so hard, but it is historically been a very good offense that was with Drew Brees and not Jameis Winston, but we've seen Winston sustain, you know, monsters. Yeah, but like everything's different. These are all, there's no Sean Payton. There's there's no Drew Brees. Like we don't know about Mike Thomas. We don't know about Alvin Kamara. Like who the fuck knows how any of this is going to shake out? Like it's it's wild. No idea. I would say maybe the most hard team to predict maybe in the whole NFL. Exactly. I will say though, I am, I'm, I'm drafting them because I do think at least a couple receivers will come out of here pretty viable, especially in the games that Kamara misses. Uh, I, I'm a really big fan of Olave, the, the rookie yeah, out of you OSU. Do like him. Um, he might be my favorite rookie receiver in this class, other than Drake London. I, I really, really like Olave. They really like him. They're comparing him to Marvin Harrison at practice because wow. of how much separation he's gaining and how smooth his routes are. Um, he gets to learn from Landry, who's a great veteran presence. Maybe Mike Thomas is there. If if Mike Thomas just like disappeared, as much as I love the player, like maybe he gets traded or go. Imagine he goes to the Packers. Oh my god! I was just I was, I was going to say the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs, right? Exactly. You, you give an alpha like that. Oh, like Do you that think would be an, my dream scenario. That would be incredible. Uh, Do you think Antonio Brown's going to end up somewhere? He's already kind of come out and said I'm not playing. He said he's not going to have surgery till a team signs him, and then nobody's in the world sign would him. anybody sign no, he's not who needs surgery who's insane. He's Do you think helping. that's like his way of like uh, of them being like you're fired and him being like no way I quit? Right, exactly, exactly. Okay. That's a great way to put it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, the, the guess the one saving grace to all the ambiguity is I do see all of them seeing over 100 targets and over 20 percent share, and I, I do think Winston can chuck it enough that that's going to be enough damage for Olave to have eight touchdowns, 864. Like I see some juice. So I, I have landed Landry and Olave. Uh, particularly Landry goes like around 12 or so in a PPR league, he could really be a monster. So it, it also maybe all three of them just kind of suck and are inconsistent if they're all playing. So it is, I it think is that's extremely to, likely. But, dude. Yeah. I really I, do. I'm, I'm taking my stabs though. I, it's a team I'm, that I'm going I love watching Jameis. I'm yeah. a Jameis fan, even though I just, I shouldn't be. I mean, he seems like he's probably like a dirt bag and stuff, but I, I love pulling for him and watching him. Um, and I just don't really believe in him. Super much. We forgot to put up the Saints banner. Truth, do you know? Do you know where it says banners and you see the teams? Like it's. I have to keep going back between my yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big. So if you can just like move those when we go to the next team, that would be huge. <laughs> well, I'm under banners, so like, what am I looking? And then for? you see like where it says Falcons. Like you know, I just uh, clicked Falcons, and so it's blue now. <laughs> Explaining technology to Dad, always fun. Well, I mean, oh, hold on, I see the problem. Are you in the projections 2022 projections folder? Now I am. All right. So yeah, All if right. you if you don't mind when we move, I got to, you. Don't 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 play the dad card. <laughs> I gotta play the dad card. All right, let's go to Atlanta where we can throw up and then move on. Okay. Um, I'll tell you my thoughts on Atlanta. They're, they're gonna be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I we talked about we talked about the the Saints and how they can be a they're a tough one to predict. This one ain't tough for me at all. Yeah, this they're is, gonna suck. This is gonna be <laughs> this is like a three and fourteen team. Right. Minus 67 league average. They, they somehow had seven wins last year, but now you remove Matt. Isn't that Ryan. crazy? 
it, it's crazy to me. But Matt Ryan being gone now, who I, I believe in with the Colts. We'll talk about him tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, minus 67 league. I do not. Played. Um, what'd you say? I do not believe. Oh, uh, you don't? Okay, no. interesting. No, um, I don't. We, we, we can cover that one tomorrow. Um, the really the only guy that's coming out is like potentially draftable is Corderell Patterson. Um, Kyle that's Pitts. Kyle Pitts. And Kyle. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've met at the running back position, but yes. Um, I, no, I, I mean, like the only two guys on the team. Yeah. I could be mildly intrigued by this rookie, Drake London. Certainly long-term, I love the guy. Um, and a, top, a rookie receiver has finished top 15 in five straight years. So someone's probably going to, unless this is just a shitty class. And it's not going to be someone on the Falcons. It's uh, not. But it would be tough to do that with you know this quarterback situation. That's why this is a tough team to project and really analyze is, you know, is it Mariota? Is it Ritter? They're saying Mariota is pretty far ahead right now. He did have his last fantasy game where he played most of the game. He put up like 30 points. So, I mean, there is maybe upside. But I, in best ball, I don't know how many games he's going to start for you. They're going to suck so bad. I think Ritter takes over at some point Is you know there in the stretch. The one saving grace to both of these quarterbacks is they keep talking about using them as runners. And we know how useful that is for fantasy. So, you know, even if it's just like week one DFS or early season redraft, like I would have – not as much hesitation as you might think to be playing a Falcons quarterback in that type of format, but best ball where I, I don't know who's starting or what, maybe it's the league winning move. If Mario plays all 17 and, and runs for, you know, 80, 800 yards or something like that. But uh, I, I don't see it at a quarterback. So I'm, I'm not going into that position too much. What, odd, what odds would you yeah. put on someone winning their game because they went, went winning their league because they went with Mariota as their quarterback? Very, very. What, what kind of odds would I have to give you on that? <laughs> Some serious money. A million to one truth. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so uh, the, the only, like, in terms of win the league, they do face the You Falcons. said it might be a league winning move. The Falcons face the Cardinals in, in week uh, 17. So they're going to need points. So, like, maybe one of these quarterbacks just goes nuts and is on a best ball roster and, like, puts up 30 points in one week. I do yeah. think that every I mean, now and again, Ritter or Mario is going to have a spike week. But if it's not best ball, you can't trust him in best ball because you don't know how many games they're going to play. You can't trust him in season long because they're probably going to have just as many one point weeks as thirty point. Like it's going to be, it's going to be gross. I yeah, it's it's hideous. And I want to talk about Patterson. Like thirty two percent rushing share gets him at one forty five. But already there's the athletic speculating he's not going to see the work he saw last year. Right, I think they're going to misuse him. They're going to be even worse than we think they're going to be. Right. So he's, he's a guy that, as much as we loved him last year, I'm starting to find myself off Patterson. Now, what, what are your thoughts? You I feel the same year. way. I, I, yeah. I loved him last year, but it, they it was so frustrating owning him. Right. You know, right. and it wasn't, wasn't like his fault. You know, it was like, you know, when they used him, when he got burned, like he scored. It's like, I, I feel like there were games where they like, you know, threw him the ball like twice and he like scored both. Or he got like four carries and he scored twice, something right. like that. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Like he's like the only good player you have on your team, except maybe like Kyle Pitts. So yeah, I, I, I like Patterson. There's a price that I would certainly take Patterson at, but probably not where he's going. Yeah. He goes around like Singletary, you know, Melvin Gordon, I, like that. I, I would rather have Singletary, even though I, I like Patterson way more as a player. Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of getting there too. And I projected him out kind of generously. Um, like this, this receiving usage, you know, 68 targets, 45 receptions, 446 and three. Like that kind of assumes they start to use him like they were at the beginning of last year. And there's no guarantee they ever go back to that. And I don't know why that ever disappeared because he was so damn explosive. Yeah, they're like, this is just working too well. We need to <laughs> right? scale this back immediately. 
it was anyway. It's so stupid. I would yell about Patterson's usage in 2021 all day, but that's not what the people are here for. No, they're here for Kyle Pitts. And I think he does see 120 targets, 74 catches, uh, just under 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. The touchdowns would be a big spike from last year, but a player like him, I mean, he is so athletic and, and just a mismatch freak waiting to happen. And we so often, I mean, he already put up a thousand yards as a rookie. That very rarely happens for tight ends. Yes, he had the extra game. I get it. But he, he is the all-time record holder right now for rookie tight end receiving. If he just spiked for 10 to 15 touchdowns, it wouldn't shock anybody. He falls to, you know, the end of round three right now. So if you miss out on a, a Kelsey or an Andrews, who has a better bet to just like match those guys or like take that next leap into the elite than Kyle Pitts? I don't think anybody else matches that upside. What do you I think? agree with that completely? And we can close the Falcons just by me um, saying this about Kyle Pitts. Remember how just about all of last year, we were so disappointed and underwhelmed by Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Because we were expecting someone. And it's like, we were just like, yeah, meh all year. And then he like ended the season with the most yards ever by a rookie tight end. Right. And it's like there was at no point where I was blown away by what he was doing. It was and like he was kind of slept walk through and you're still like, well, damn, he had over a thousand yards. Like and, and he didn't wow me at all. So exactly. like it makes me just kind of think like, wow, he's so good he wasn't even good and he was still good. <laughs> I think I, that's what, I think what it was is the combination of like seeing someone who could do things that almost no other human can, but then not routinely doing them either. It was just like that weird balance that felt underwhelming. Well, I um, think it's also, you ever, you ever been so hyped for like a movie or something? Yeah. Like you cannot wait to see it. And then you see it and it was like, it was good, but it did not live up to your expectations. I'm I trying think to we have like a perfect example of that. Well, when I, w- when I was a kid, like 14 or something, I remember when the Dracula movie came out, <laughs> I was so excited to see it and it was like good. But like I, I had built it up in my mind as something that was going to be like the best thing I'd ever seen in my life. Yeah, that's the one I always think of. But you know what I mean? You know, a recent one for me would be uh, "Once Upon a Time in Hollywood," the one yeah. with Brad Pitt and uh, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah, I was like, looking forward to that, and I thought it was just okay. It was, it was good. I was entertained. I, I but I like, I went opening night, like the first movie that came out, like yeah, yeah, yeah. right to the theater, and I couldn't wait. And I just, yeah, I wasn't blown away. I liked it. And I enjoyed it. That's no, yeah. well, I think that's how we, I think that's Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts is the once upon a time in Hollywood of the, the tight ends. Are we getting Pulp Fiction for round two though? Is he going to just blow us Maybe. away and like the that, is that there? is that your favorite Tarantino movie? Yeah. That's one of my favorites of all time. What about you? Um, It is probably my favorite Tarantino movie. But man, I, Reservoir Dogs. What'd you, I mean, Reservoir Dogs, the class, I mean, I, I, Really love some of the Kill Bill stuff, man. Kill Bill's great. I, I was Holy gonna say Django. Like <laughs> Django's great. I, I thought the very last scene was a like just a bit much. I was like, oh, okay. yeah. I mean, I get that's kind of I loved Inglorious Bastards. Uh, yeah, oh, kind, kind of so similar, good. kind of similar. So damn um, good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, we should we should just do a pod about that sometime. We could draft Tarantino movies easily. That would be a great pod. I mean, I also love True Romance, which he wrote but did not direct, and they did mess with his script quite a bit. But it came from him. Yeah, <laughs> true romance. You said. Oh, I love it. That, I was, my favorite, that was my favorite movie, and and like it's probably my favorite movie in high school. For I don't think I've even seen years. that movie. I have to watch it. Oh, it's fantastic. All right, deal. Yeah. To the Panthers. Yeah, let's do it. To the so one one just preface on this the the projection machine hasn't added Mayfield. I mean, it, that'd be pretty damn impressive if in an hour they did. 
Um, they haven't added Mayfield yet. So where it says Sam Darnold, I know it's not Sam Darnold. It's assumed that's Baker Mayfield. I do think Baker plays all, you know, the majority of games. I don't think they're going to be benching him after trading for him. They're going to see what they have. So this stat line that says Sam Darnold is really what I'm expecting for Baker Mayfield, which really isn't anything you should care that much about anyways. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Moving moving along. I know. Seriously. This is an average team uh, as far as like their play share, all that 70 yeah. plays you think they're going to get. And they're, uh, you know, they're going to slightly more pass than run. And there's a lot of X factors on this team. Yeah. I would say starting with Christian McCaffrey and how healthy the guy is. Exactly. Um, and what, what I found very interesting. So as you can see, I projected him out for 53% of the rushes, 16% of the targets. That's a little bit less than his career averages, but I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see them scale his work back a little bit so that he's playing more. Um, and maybe he still just gets hurt. Who knows? In the last two years, he's burned me as the number one overall pick. And I'm going to have a very hard time going back to him um, this year. And what's going to help me, you know, it's, it's so hard to pass him up. But what's going to help me is I projected him out for 15 to 16 games, and he still finished at like running back five or six. So it wasn't like he was like, you're going to blow the world off McCaffrey anymore. Like, I do think they're going to scale it back a bit, and he's going to be solid. But there's still, even with Baker there, so many factors that are just so questionable about this team, not, and not even including his health. Just a, a bad, pretty bad overall team. No, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. Like everybody's on Twitter today was like Baker's here. Now it's McCaffrey RB one season and it's DJ Moore will finally blow up. It's like, he's probably better than Darnold because that bar is so low, but I don't, I'm not sitting here like screaming hallelujah that Baker Mayfield's here. He hasn't you want to know, you want to know what this changes? What's Nothing. the change? Yeah. <laughs> I'm serious. Like I could not have been more underwhelmed by a trade announcement. I was like, I don't care. Shuffling exactly. deck chairs on the Titanic between two I think fairly mediocre quarterbacks. It's not going to exactly. change anything. Like I, Baker Mayfield's not like this winner. No, I a hundred percent agree. I a hundred percent agree. You know, it changed DJ Moore. I bumped him up from four touchdowns to five touchdowns. I, I bumped okay, his percent up from 57 to 59. Like fine. Robbie Anderson went from a, a 50% catch rate to 56. Like nothing fine. that big happened. Robbie Anderson was one who'd like, Again, regular season, you'll probably never know when you want to use him. But in, in that best ball format, like he probably will rack up about 800 yards this year. He'll probably rack You've up always just had like a little bit of a crush on Robbie Anderson. I always have. I've, I've, ever since he won me a title a few years ago, I, right. it wasn't, it was only two years ago where he was getting he peppered more than DJ Moore in this offense, though. So, like last year, Darnold and him, they'd never clicked since they were the Jets, since they were. With Panthers, th those two have never had a good bond, and it showed last year. The year before, though, with Teddy Bridgewater, Anderson was their alpha. He was their target hog. So for a guy that goes last couple rounds as like a best ball stab, he'll he's going to get in your lineup at least three to four times, whereas when you're in those rounds, like it's very rare. You're not finding guys that typically will find your lineup that late. Um, So I, I don't mind Robbie Anderson as a late-round stab. The last late-round stab I want to highlight is Donta Foreman. Because that's why I have McCaffrey taking a little bit of a hit this year is I think Foreman gets work whether McCaffrey's healthy or not. Um, I think he's going to be that, that physical bruiser. That's why I have McCaffrey at only seven rushing touchdowns and Foreman at five. They're, they're nearly neck and neck there. So I think Foreman's going to do a lot of the short yardage cleanup, which does limit McCaffrey's ceiling just a little bit. And when you have that type of receiving workload, I, I don't think he's going to completely disappear. But I do project Foreman as well, like with a couple starts. So he, he's a capable receiver. We saw him fill in for Derrick Henry and average right around 18. You know, he had a stretch where it was like 16, 18. You know, he had a nice fantasy run there. 
I like Foreman. I think he is a good player. I've always kind of liked his bruising style. Um, and I think he'll be a nice compliment. And if, like it's happened in two straight years, McCaffrey does go down and, and specifically for an extended amount of time. I mean, you remember who was the running back two years ago? Do you remember who it was? McCaffrey's backup that had a nice uh, little run. Um, uh, absolutely. I do. Um, he had kind of like a generic name. Um, mm-hmm. God, what was it? Davis. That's the last name. Mike, Mike, Mike Davis. Davis. Exactly. Mike Davis. Good call. Well Thank done. You. Uh, Mike Davis, but he was a like low end running back one for a good amount of time. Right. You remember that? So yes, I do remember that. I, I think Foreman's a better, but then he, he lost his job like, you know, immediately. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, he's, he, he, and he wasn't even that good. That's what I'm saying. Like this is a, a heavy volume to the running back offense. So if McCaffrey misses time, he probably will miss at least a couple games. I do oh, think absolutely. Foreman's going to be very viable. So I, I am taking Foreman as a, a last couple round running back in a lot of these best ball drafts. I think he could, uh, he's one of my favorite handcuffs. I think he had a lot of upside if something happens to McCaffrey and it probably will be until these last couple of years. Fair enough. There's literally nothing else to say about the Panthers. Although I will say you have McCaffrey as your running back three on the big board, but only projected as your running back seven. Yeah. All right. So there, yeah. So there you go. I guess that's similar to the ones, but who were we just talking about? The, uh, you know, Mahomes. Well, there's the guys that you just like. You know, right. there's the, there's the Stefan Diggs guys that you just like. There's uh, Kamara. Yeah. There's Diggs, Pat. Yeah. There's Pat Mahomes. There's uh, you know, there's just guys that you like. Uh, there's Jameis Winston for right. who we talked about before, who you've got projected as your QB twenty five, but you got him as your QB eighteen because you love Jameis. Debo so Samuel. <laughs> Debo Samuel. I projected fourteen. You got him at nine. You love Debo. This could make some people just turn this off, like, depending on how analytical you are, but. I think there's some pretty decent value oh, no. to people like, that have been here for an hour and 20 minutes. Aren't turning it off. No. And yeah, if, you, if you're new, <laughs> please give us a thumbs up. but if you, if, there's some value in my opinion to drafting people, you just want to root for too, oh, like I, as human beings. A huge part of it. And huge part I, of it. I, I, you know, so many years, like I'll never draft Peyton Manning because I don't want to root for him. Like I, I've gotten away from that. Cause like at the end of the day, I do want to win my league and like, I can't just like cross people off because I don't like them. But I also will bump people up a little bit more if I like them more. Like that's a deciding factor. And I have these guys just about equally statted out. I'm, I'm gonna bump up the guy I just like and want to root yeah. for. You know, like because right. I want him on my team. team. No, I mean shit. That's why I hate Kirk Cousins. And that's why I'm, I don't believe in him ever because I think he's the biggest <laughs> douchebag in the world. Yeah. All right. Anyway, go ahead. Very true. But again, if you guys are still sitting here, please you know, let us know you're here. Comment on in. Say hello because uh, this is an absolute marathon and I love it. But uh, just let us know you're still with us. Um, we're now moving into the NFC East. Just that, I think we just power right through. Do you need a break at all? Like, no, I, you know me, man. I can go all night. All right, sweet. Yeah, as long as it is, it's it's just always my my favorite things to talk about. So, um, so right. let us know if you're still with us. If you have any questions too, like you know, of course, the hardcore fans that are sitting through a marathon projection show are the ones we want to talk to. So right. let us know if you got questions. We'll be happy to answer it. Um, it's going to be nice to move from that like three shitstorm teams now into the Cowboys, and then want to just point out how smoothly that banner transition was. By the way, oh yeah, beautiful. You're, um, wel- you're welcome. All right, thank you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got a big discrepancy, and I'm going to hit you with it right away on this. Okay. You got Dak Prescott projected uh, to score the fourth most points of any quarterback, but you got him as your QB ten. Explain. So, uh, you know what? I will 100% explain that when we get there. Okay. Um, and, and it's, I'm, I'm going back and forth about whether I want to change it or not, but I'll just show you, zoom in real quick. It's this right here, the five rushing touchdowns. And I'm going to talk about 
why I have that and whether I should or not. Um, okay. Cause you took what, what I realized is if you take away one and especially if you take away two of those, he goes from the QB five in my projections to the QB 11, like just because of the 12 points. Okay. So it's, a, it's a big swing. How close they all are. Like that, gotcha. that, that's why I use tears is like, you know, like Stafford and, and Prescott are within five points in my projections. That's the difference of him scoring one of those rushing touchdowns and not, and like going down three spots. You know what and I mean? And that's also almost certainly not going to be the difference between you winning your league or not. No, no, exactly. That's why okay. I like these QBs. Right, right. So that's yeah, fair. I, do, I mean, I'm, so that that looks like a big, big discrepancy, but I get what you're saying that it's yeah. really not. <laughs> it's a great question, though. No, it absolutely makes no, sense. No, but you're so, right. That makes sense. I said I had expected for the most pay, plays. I lied. It's the Cowboys. Um, 11, 21, 81 more than league average. That's exactly what we've seen these last couple of years with Kellen Moore. Um, you know, 81 more, 51 more, 55. Like they they push the pace with Kellen Moore. And they're going to do that again. They've been the number one offense in total yards the last two years with Dak Prescott healthy and Kellen Moore at the helm. I think they're going to be right up in those top three in total yards, uh, number one and number six in touchdowns, respectively, the last two years with Dak Prescott. It's the Cowboys. You know you want products from this team. Uh, so Dak Prescott, as you mentioned, top, top five quarterback in my projections. In in that range in my rankings, I love I love him. And the reason why the big bump this year is not just all those plays and all the, the scoring, but the rushing bump, five rushing touchdowns. They're already talking about him being more mobile, You know, two years removed from the surgery. He's moving around at camp better. They want to use him on the run because that is one of his great strengths is throwing on the run and improvising outside the pocket. And also as a runner in the red zone, he has, has a season on his resume with five rushing touchdowns. So if they're already saying we want to use him more as a red zone weapon, more as a, uh, a runner, I mean, that could unlock that's that's what's unlocking that top five upside for Dak. And that's why I probably should bump him on the rankings. I guess the reason I'm a little hesitant is the weapons. And I'm I'm kind of questioning it's not the Amari Cooper CD Lamb show anymore. It's the CD Lamb show, and then I don't know who else. So Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, exactly. That's where my hesitation comes in a little bit. So let's talk about, you know, I still think even with lackluster also, weapons, it's a good play caller, it's a good pace. I think we're still it's a it's bad uh, the defense is improving, but it's there's still going to be pedal to the metal. Let's let's rack up points in place. This um, means nothing, by the way, uh, as far as fantasy. Yeah. But but you've got uh, the Cowboys backup quarterback with 131 percent completion. I saw that. I just I 17 completions and only 13 attempts, which is just really <laughs> spectacular. Probably should be using that guy more. Big big Cooper Rush fan. I'm a, a Cooper Rush yeah. diehard. <laughs> right. Literally 1.3 completions for every. I saw that and I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Right. Uh, it, it caught my attention. You don't usually see 131. percent It's a tough thing to pull off, but if anyone can do you, it, you literally need Rush. multiple footballs on the field. <laughs> All right, let's move oh, on. Oh man, well uh, into the ground pie. So how do I see 486 rushes being divided? I mean, they're saying Zeke is fully healthy. I think at least half the workload. Makes sense. They've talked Agreed. a little bit about getting Pollard going even more than they have in years past, and particularly as a receiver. So I Pollard came out really high in my projections. I do think I have to scale back this work a little bit. 165 rushes and 64 targets seems a little bit lofty. Does he deserve? I think I kind of projected him as what he deserves versus what he probably will actually see. But they are talking about putting him in the slot more. Yes, and they are. as we just looked at, like they don't have a ton of receivers in his way from taking over a slot role. So if he sees 60 targets, if they do put him in the slot, he's got all the upside in the world, even sharing a backfield with Zeke. The one time we saw Zeke miss time in the last two years, Paul had put up 33 fantasy points and was the running back one that week. So like every time he gets the rock, he looks explosive. He looks better than Zeke. 
I, I think they're going to wake up and give him a little bit more um, work here. It's kind of like when Aaron Jones first came in the league and Mike um, McCarthy had him and they kept him scaled back for a little bit. And then he, his role kept evolving, kept evolving. And finally he took over. I don't think he takes over. You for only Zeke. have him four spots below Zeke as far as projection. Yeah. Players. And we've been drafting Zeke a ton. And I was kind of surprised yeah, we that Zeke came out a little bit less than I expected. Um, you know, again, 243 rushes, a little bit less than his career, but it's still pretty good. And I, and I put him at 11 rushing touchdowns, which is more than he's had the last couple of years. Yeah. And he still only came back as running backs, what, 14, 15, something like yeah. that, like 16. I don't know. Um, but a big part well, I mean, of that if, was if you don't really like him as a receiver, I mean, we see this all the time. If you think he's going to have 200 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns, that's that's not that appealing. It's really not. You're straight it, up just just running running backs unless they're like Derrick Henry or something yeah. like that. You know, it's because we are we're both pretty high on Zeke. I know. And, and yet, so, how sexy is he? I don't know. Do you do you think I'm off? Like, am I? I do think I might have to balance this out to even be a little bit closer to 50 50 between the guys like Zeke is a pretty good receiver and he had some really nice games especially down the stretch uh in screens and whatnot so like I don't know if this is more my wish for Pollard that he sees 64 targets or not I just think you know it, it could just be lame coach speak them just t- talking up using him in the slot and in shared backfields and stuff but they really should Pollard is so damn explosive and great when he's in space like I don't know. What, I mean, you, you also you, like Pollard. You you like, it's so hard to predict because Pollard, it's like you said, what does he deserve? He deserves more, right? I mean, he's, you know, he's getting 40% of the rushes, something like that, but you like him. I mean, again, these are projections, but you like him. I mean, a 5.6 yards per carry clip, that's, that's a substantial improvement over really just about anybody, but certainly over Zeke. And I don't know. He is a great receiver. He is explosive. You like him for like 500 yards in the air. That's not nothing. I yeah. mean, I actually think if you like him for 500 yards and all those receptions, you're probably a little low on touchdowns for him. Maybe, right? Especially with the big playability. Um, and, and, you know, when I, I should probably say this at the top, when I make these efficiency stats, these are pretty much based for your averages. I'll maybe make slight tweaks if like the line has improved. Maybe I'll bump them up a point one or two. Uh, maybe the quarterback's worse and they drop a couple. So like, I, I don't just go, here's the career average and plug it in. But I, I do look at how, what they performed at, as, as career clips and do I think that's going to go down. Zeke's has gone down in, in three straight years. So it was at like 4.4 last year, took a point one off. Whereas Pollard, five points, I think it was 5.8 last year. Like the guy is just so explosive. But if he got this amount of work, I wonder if that would stay that way. I, I am as I yeah, look that, at that is That would be an impressive clip over 160 carries. But yeah, it's not impossible. I, I'm a little too high on him. But I really do think there's like it's the hyperbolic comparison of all hyperbolic comparisons. There's some Jamal Charles to Tony Pollard's game. The way like, oh, when I, he gets out believe there. me, the thought crossed my mind. Did it? Yeah. So I mean, th- there could be a world someday where Tony Pollard gets a featured back and like proves to be. Because think about how long it took Jamal Charles to kind of break well, through. We're always seeing five point six, five point six, and we're just like he, he gets two hundred carries, it's still there. He gets two fifty, it's still there. That might just be Pollard. That's one of the all-time greats, one of my favorites to watch. So, like, I don't think that's that's just, like, ultimate, ultimate ceiling, maybe 5% chance that's, like, what actually ever happens with Pollard. But what he's shown so far, like, there's there's similar glimpses, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. I I don't know if I'm nuts. To the receivers, though. So that's just, like, the – I love Pollard so much. I just – I might be projecting my wants a little bit more. That might be one I scale back. We can jot down a couple of these ones. Like, what what do we need to revisit here? 
as we go. I, I think Pollard um, is one of them. If you don't mind jotting that down for me, like revisit Pollard. You're, you're a little psycho, uh, Trey uh, um, But in terms of target shares, I have CD Lamb getting 24%, and I don't really see who's in his way from getting that. 152 targets, I love it. Um, I, if Gallup, it, this 13% really just depends on health. If, if he somehow is out there, they're saying anything from week one to week six, like very big range. So it's tough to project right now. It was a late ACL tear. So like the typical timeline wouldn't have him on the field till October. They're saying he's ahead and maybe he'll, he'll be good to go for week one. I, I doubt that, but let's say we get week three, I'd bump this up about to 16%. Cause I, when Gallup's out there, he's a great receiver. He's going to be the clear number two. We both talked about how we liked Gallup more as the number two in Dallas than Amari as the number one in Cleveland. And that that's assuming Watson's out for the whole year. I still go by that for whatever amount of time Gallup's out there. That's just the question is how long is he going to be out there? Yeah, fair enough. Um, Tolbert, an exciting rookie. They're saying he's making you know tons of red zone grabs and looking good. The guy that I really want to highlight, though, is Dalton Schultz. Um, 17% target share, 108 targets coming in for him. Um, with Cooper gone, I think he's going to really be leaned upon as like that trustworthy, dependable, him and Cooper are very different parts of the field and routes and all that, but he is a, uh, he already was one of Dak's most trusted guys. And now you have a, a whopping 120 targets now up for grabs. I think Schultz only gets more of those. He actually ended up coming out as my tight end four in projections with 82 catches, 836 and nine touchdowns. And I love it. And, and he goes in round six. And me and you keep getting knocks because we have Allen and we want to stack them and I get that. But in the drafts I've done, like kind of since the baked best balls, I've been doing Schultz almost every round six. And, and I am not hesitating at all. I love what he's going to do this year. All right. Fair enough. Let's do you, talk do you like Schultz? I, 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 I do. Unsexy name, but like, I, I don't know. I love him. Um, No, I think I like him right around where you have him, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't think he's like one of the best, but I think he's like maybe in the tier below that. Gotcha. Um, who next? Who, who uh, next? The Eagles. Let's hit the Eagles. That's that's a pretty good one. Right. The 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 two after that, I, I'm going to cap us on like three minutes a team because they, <laughs> because they suck so bad. Understandable. But, but there's that next division though is going to be fun to unpack. There, there's something right. So all the more reason to not waste our uh, good time on the Giants. I, I got to refresh right. it right, real quick. So, right. but we're going to talk Eagles because there are some guys worth talking about. Jalen Hurts, for instance, who the yeah. Wolf has projected as his QB four and also as four on the big board. Uh, yes, every now and then those picks do align. Um, so anyway, um, we talked Sorry. about Prescott. It's okay. Um, Jalen Hurts, it's got that Konami upside. That's the thing that the Wolf has been selling me on for a long time because I reflexively see where he's got this guy ranked, and my instinct is you're crazy. He's not that good. And I don't think he's that good. But he's a fantasy player who produces fantasy points. He's got a good enough arm, and the guy – runs all over the place. So it's like you're tacking like nine, 10 points on what he does every single week. And you can be a, a far less efficient or far less successful passer than the next guy. But if you're tacking nine points on whatever you get every game, just cause you run, and that's if you don't even score a touchdown, um, right. you know, and next thing you know, like, Oh, you outscored the other guy by seven points or something like that. So I get it. You've converted me on that. I'm still probably not going to draft him unless I get a really good deal on him. But I see why you like the guy so much. Yeah, and that, is it? Did he come back up? Is yeah, that it's uh, up? It's awesome. Up. So as you hinted at, twenty six percent rush share for a quarterback. The Konami upside is out of this world. It's what led to him being the quarterback six last year, and now you add a talent like AJ Brown. We've we've already hyped him up on a million podcasts. If you need a, a Jalen Brown hype, 
just rewind a couple of the tapes, but the man just led all of meaningful rushing, you know, red zone carries and total rushes and everything. And I just really don't see any reason that changes, especially the red zone stuff. Like he is just so slippery and and he gets in there with, with tremendous ease. I, I love Jalen Hurts. That's why Miles Sanders, I only have for two touchdowns. That'd be two more than he scored. I know, which is like a real bump from what he did last year. Double, yeah. <laughs> you know, not double jump. infinity percent more. Exactly. Right. Uh, but yeah, Jalen Hurts, QB3 in the projections. And I think I have him QB4 in the rankings. Like it's, I, I love everything about him because the worst, like the floor is last year, which was QB6. But again, you add talent like AJ Brown. I do think they, that means they throw a little bit more, which technically doesn't necessarily help him. I mean, it should help out a quarterback if you throw more. Uh, but he does, as you hinted at, the most damage on the, uh, the, on the ground. But I, I do think a, a talent like AJ Brown is so good after the catch. That's where they really struggled last year is Devonta Smith got open pretty well, but he almost immediately goes down when he gets hit. And that's okay. I mean, he's a smaller guy. That's, that's what happens with him. AJ Brown's a bull with the ball in his hand. And I think that's going to make a huge difference. Now, what I found interesting. So the way I projected it out. So you, you see this, you're 22% target share. That sounds really good with an offense like this. When the Paul, the pie is small, that only is 119 targets. I think AJ Brown deserves, you know, 50 more on top of that. But that's just not how this offense, the run heaviest team in the league. I think they get a little bit pass after. You don't trade for A.J. Brown if you're not. Uh, but I still think this is going to be, you know, what would I have now? Like 48 and 52? Yeah, exactly. 48 rush, 52 pass. So A.J. Brown's another example of a guy that you have projected. You got him projected as your wide receiver 20, but you got him as 13 on your big board. He's another of these guys that you yep. just – there's a real category of these guys that you're like, this is what I think they're probably going to get, but I like them a little more. I, I just like them as players that if they, you know, broke fantasy, it wouldn't shock me. That's right. That's kind of like AJ Brown for me. I, I was going to ask you what I had. So I'm, I'm glad you had that. As you say, you know, that's just the, the product of a smaller pie. I have him being efficient, 14 yards a catch. I have him catching a lot of his balls at 63%. It's just a smaller pie that makes it tougher to break into that top 12. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that is tricky. And I've, I've started to draft them a bit less since doing these projections it's kind of a lot of the drafts you end up staring at him or Keenan Allen. And I have Keenan Allen coming out as my wide receiver eight. So like mm -hmm. I, I've started to flip those things a little bit and now just hammer Keenan Allen every time. Um, unless I want to go for the Jalen Hurts stack, which is always pretty damn sexy. I did have Smith come out a little bit higher than I expected actually, because I don't see a ton more to throw to um, similar to him and, and Goddard. This is like a less sexy Vikings in that sense that it's very concentrated. It's going to be Brown Smith, and, and D Dallas Goddard with a few running back tosses put in there. And that's it. Like it's going to be very, very centered on who you're getting the targets, even if it is a smaller pie. So Goddard came out a bit better than I expected at 891 and six touchdowns. I, I believe he came out with my tight end six or seven. Um, so he he got a bump up in my rankings as a result. And, and so did Devonta Smith. Um, I, I assumed AJ Brown was just going to eat everybody's work, but you look at how they kind of spread the ball around and, I, I kind of end up making it a, a more shared pie. Do you think that's like a, a solid approach to this team or what are your yeah, thoughts on the Eagles? I do. I actually think that you, you know, I mean, I, it's taken me a while to come around on Eagles fantasy assets. I think you've got it assessed pretty much correctly. Um, I think your running back stuff is pretty much right on. And I think that the pie is not as big as a lot of these other teams, even with the real, uh, you know, talent especially at the top of the wide receiver thing i agree goddard's going to take a decent uh, amount of that pile so which is why i definitely like him uh, as you know a tight end i don't think that's a hot take by any means but yeah i think you got it spread out pretty much the way i would yeah perfect i, I mean sanders so just to like talk about those running backs 
Sanders is the, the carry leader at 163, 864, and two. I, he's, I loved your comment on our post. He's telling us, don't draft me. Okay, Miles. Like, you know, <laughs> you I got won't. it. You got it, Miles. Yeah, exactly. Done. You got it. <laughs> Sounds good. I wasn't anyways. I haven't. He's another one that's similar to Hawk. Like, I haven't drafted Sanders once, and I don't really plan to change that. Uh, he goes right around Pollard. I'll take Pollard every day of the week over Sanders. Um, Gainwell, I do like. He goes around 13, 14. Nothing would shock me. I think it might have been you I was having this conversation with. Like, if by the end of training camp, Gainwell's just the starter. He's the one this team handpicked. He had the more explosive plays. He's certainly better in the red zone, scored more. Nobody would be that shocked if Gainwell emerges as training camp and just like takes the job from Sanders. I don't think at least. And people aren't projecting that as a, a potential possibility. So I have them neck and neck in carries. I have Gainwell scoring more touchdowns. I have Scott eating into that touchdown workload as well. But Gainwell getting significantly more receiving work. It's like the Konami code of running backs is the receiving work. 54 targets, 37, 278, one. I have Gainwell coming out a little bit higher in my projections and you right. can get him seven rounds later. So if I want an Eagles back and I don't mind it as a run heavy attack, I'm going Gainwell all day. That's yeah. Good call. All righty. And then right. giants. Oh God. Right. Let's <laughs> let's seriously, there's not a lot to say. No, they're terrible. They suck. There's not. Saquon, there's not. maybe, maybe. That's Probably really not. it. I, so Daniel Jones, I will say, came out actually a little bit higher than I expected. I think he was my quarterback 21. In 21. 21. Which it hints at the ceiling. When he was a rookie, he did have some glimpses when he was with Pat Shermer, a decent enough play caller. Like we, we saw something there. So who'd I'm they trade up to take? Who'd they take Daniel Jones over? Uh, Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. That is just too funny. Um, yeah. So f- almost 4,100 yards, 20 touchdowns, 15. It's like 20 would be nearly double what he did last year. So. I'm, right. I'm making big on Dayball, turning this offense around at least a little bit um, is, is what this bet is. Uh, 70 rushes, 364 and three. He is pretty athletic. And Dayball, uh, he's not going to be the next Josh Allen in terms of running around. Like he's not a truck. He's not no, tough enough to be no, Josh he's Allen. He's not Josh Allen. We, we know that. But if he even gets a little bit more read options, we've seen Jones have some big runs that he falls on his face and, and to get sniped in the middle of the field. That was fantastic. By nobody, which is still one of my favorite plays of all time. Uh, but just that little bit of, of Konami bump did result in him going approaching my top 20 quarterback. So I, I'm not banking on it. I'm not drafting him much. I actually haven't drafted him once. He's another one of those players that just isn't <laughs> no, on. No, that's not much. None. Uh, zero. Uh, the only one I am drafting you mentioned is, is Saquon Barkley. Um, you like I, him I, in the receiving game quite a bit. Love him. I always have. Uh, but you have almost 60% of the rushing work. I think it's a very small rushing pie. Uh, minus 20 league average in terms of total plays with 40% of those being rushes. So 238 rushes seems about right. In four yards a clip, I'm not even projecting him to be that great with the work he gets. But I do think he can find the end zone, your seven touchdowns or so on the ground. But yeah, as you mentioned, the 104 targets is what's really separating Saquon and, and leaping him in the projections. And I don't think any of that's unfair. It would be the most he's seen since his rookie year. Guess what? That's the first time he actually had a legitimate play caller, and he saw 120 targets that year. He had over 2,000 total yards. He was the running back one in fantasy. I don't know if that Saquon still exists. Like, has the injuries caught up? Is he as explosive as he once was? Maybe, maybe not. But all the reports are so far in camp that he looks like the Saquon of old. You know you're going to get those, but we didn't see those last year. He's saying, I'm finally trusting myself, my, my leg. You know, I, I'm going full go, and I feel like I was holding back a lot. Again, quotes, 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 words, actions. I, I want to see it too, yes. But it, it's all the right things. And, and what's more maybe important is Dayball's moving him all over the place in practice. 
Uh, he's going out in the slot. It's kind of like the Dalvin Cook usage we're talking about, but this guy's already done the 100 target dance. So I really like him to have a monster receiving season, as you see there 104 targets, 76 catches, 562 and three. Um, what do you come up for my projections? Like top 10, right? I want to say like eight on both, yeah. somewhere around wow. there. Um, and and that's, I think, lead the team. Yeah, 104. So similar to Aaron Jones here, like I, I think this is one where a running back is the most valuable piece of their passing pie. I do like Tony. I mean, I love what I saw in that one game where he had like 180 yards and and touch like very few rookies have ever pulled that off. It's the list is like Randy Moss and like you know some of the greats. So he, he's in elite company. But can I see him do it consistently? Will he always be able to get it done? That is something I'm waiting to see. I think Galladay is the fakest alpha in the NFL. Um, I, I could not agree with you more. Just such a little bitch. I, I, that's all I need to say. 85 targets. He's going to catch half less than half of them. He probably won't score. I hate him. He's a loser. Um, Wandale Robinson, though. The handpicked. That's one of the reasons I'm a little, still kind of skeptical on Tony. I really like this Wandale kid. The one that duck. I don't know if you ever saw that truth where <laughs> duck got sniped in our rookie draft. And he just let out the biggest like groan, moan, like... I, it was the sound from hell. And, and poor, that, poor duck. that's because he's a Kentucky fan. He's watched Robinson play. And similar to Vila, like our next Debo Samuel lining up in the backfield, catching deep bombs in practice, like highlight play after highlight play. He goes round 18, 19. Kadarius Tony goes round like eight. I, I If I'm going to get a little bit of the receiving game here, which I, you don't have to do. It's the no, time. you sure don't. I'm not but if I'm going to, game. I'm going to go for the hand-picked one by Dable. That's making all the big plays. That has a similar skill set to Tony that I project out very similarly. I have Tony just a little bit higher, but the price gap, like they're, mm-hmm. they're within a couple receivers of each other. The price gap is miles apart. So I, I actually am landing a lot of Robinson. Um, he's one of my favorite. Like I, I love wrapping up my drafts going Robinson, um, Vilas Jones and Isaiah McKenzie, who we'll talk about tomorrow for the bills. Uh, those three receivers I think have humongous upside. I would be, Shocked if one of those three doesn't end up panning out. And and Wandale, somebody I'm going in on quite a bit. Tight ends, don't care. Ricky Seals-Jones can kiss my ass. Even though sure. his, his initials are Ricky, RSJ. So you know what? I love you, Ricky. Doesn't You're matter. the best. <laughs> doesn't matter. But yeah, Saquon Barkley, Wandale late. That's really all I want from the Giants. Isn't it weird seeing commanders? Like, Ugh. you know, like I, I was kind of starting to warm up a little bit to Washington football. Teams. I like the football team. Because <laughs> it kind of looks like WTF. But it's yeah. WFT. And I was yeah. like, all right, I can get behind this. Now they're the commanders, which just is stupid. It's gross. I mean, I, I get I get that their name was like offensive, but like I, I would have rather like they just kept it football team. Yeah. Commanders um, is a lousy choice. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They could have they could have done better. I agree hundred percent. Um another offense that we don't have to spend much time on. One thing about Wentz that kind of shocked me though is he had a, a top eight deep ball completion percentage last year, which you wouldn't guess like once looked pretty shitty and certainly lost to the Jaguars. Like that was horrendous down the stretch there. But at the end of the day, it's better than Heineke. <laughs> like it's better than anything we've seen um, since Alex Smith went down. So, you know, 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns uh, about league average amount of plays. That's what it's been like with Ron Rivera and a league average quarterback and Carson Wentz, maybe slightly below, but like that's an okay pie. Probably the best pie Terry McLaurin's seen. He came out projections higher than I expected him to. Yep. Now that he's got his contracts all figured out, he's going to be in camp. I- I'm willing to get back in on Terry McLaurin. Um, but he does go like where Allen Robinson goes. And as you've seen. I would take Robinson, Robinson 100 times out of 100 over 100%. Terry. Him, Gabe Davis. Like, you know, I go those right. guys over Terry. Um, yeah. 
every single time. So I, I haven't landed a lot of McLaurin, but I, I'm certainly not opposed to it. Another guy that did come out pretty damn good in the projections, though, 98 targets, uh, 17% share, going to Jahan Dotson, the rookie. While McLaurin was holding out, they said Dotson was lighting up camp, like the clear number one. Wentz loved him. They formed a great rapport. Uh, and he's that type of receiver that is so used to playing with shit quarterbacks at Penn State um, right. and just elevating them, making contested grabs after the catch. Like when you think about like a, a small guy but that has the dog in him, that's Dotson. And he's the type of guy I like, I want to root for. Um, and he's going around the you know, 14. I've been I've been scooping up Dotson all day. Um, so I really like Dotson. You know, I, I used to be a Samuel fan. I have him getting a nice mix of carries and runs. You know, Rivera does know him, but he just didn't play last year. So it's so tricky to know what that's going to be. So, you know, McLaurin, where he goes, I typically don't land. Dotson's the one weapon I've been getting a lot of in the receiving game. Logan Thomas is the, you know, we were so in on him last year. He just didn't, didn't play. So he got hurt and it just sucked. Uh, I don't know that I can go back to it. I don't really need to. There's, there's a lot of tight ends I like. So that's the receiving options. Did anything sound unreasonable to you before we, we cover the the Antonio Gibson situation. <laughs> no, I'm not excited about any of them really. I, I see the appeal of McLaurin, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. Yeah, get Dotson. I'm telling you, you'll like Dotson. That that guy's going to be something. Um, in terms of running backs, this is where things get ugly. Uh, I, and I I will say I've always been a Gibson guy. Had yep, him his rookie yep. year, loved him. Had him last year, definitely a bit inconsistent, a bit maddening at times. But at the end of the day, he still finished as a top twelve running back. He was you know, fourth in the league in carries, I think, or rushing yards. He had a pretty good year, like all things considered, even though it was a bit maddening at times. But then they go and draft Brian Robinson. They bring back McKissick. There was there was like a, a one-week period where it was like Gibson workhorse. They're calling him the next Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I remember And they're that. willing to turn over the keys to him this offseason. And then within three days, they signed McKissick. And then the draft hits, and they draft Robinson, one of the best goal linebacks in this entire class. They've already talked about in practices, Robinson was like the first man up and short yards, we know McKissick is the first man up in receiving. So that leaves Gibson in our dreaded hell of between the 20s purgatory, but on a bad offense. Like there's no really worse place to be than between the 20s purgatory on a bad offense with minimal receiving work, minimum short yardage red zone work. All the money touches are going elsewhere. I do think Gibson, like there is the, the one case for this being a benefit to him, which it's not. I'm, I'm out on him. He's my running back 31, like, He's going drafted like running back 20. I'm out. I'm not, I have no Gibson. Another guy I have none of, um, which again, a player that I really do like. And it sucks because I, 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 I wish. Yeah, I but it, his that. situation's terrible. His situation's terrible. The one way it would work out well is like some players just genuinely are better with small doses and they can light it up a bit more um, when they get smaller workloads. Maybe that is Gibson. Maybe he does just need to be, you know, a, a 10 touch a week guy and he lights it up. Either way, I'm not going to take a stab on a 10 touch a week guy in round five when there's significantly better players. Uh, you, you Brees Hall or Cam Akers sometimes. I guess Gibson goes a little bit later than those guys, but even like I'd rather have Tony freaking Pollard. Give me the number two in a great offense versus uh, the number one in a three headed horrible committee of a bad offense. Like there's just no upside. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm out completely on Gibson. That's fair. I'm not touching him either. Sweet. I guess we're in agreement there. All right. So now probably the most interesting division. Um, (laughs) We can, we can still, we can still keep hurtling through, but we're going to hit the Rams first. Going to the NFC West. This is, should we just get the, let's get the Seahawks out of the way. Can we just get get the Seahawks? Okay. Okay. But do them fast. Yeah. I I just, let's get rid of them. (laughs) I I, I don't, I don't want the Seahawks. Let's cross the Seahawks off our board so we can actually get excited about some teams. 
So do you uh, have what, what, down what percent where... chance? What percent chance do you think the Seahawks finish last in this division? A hundred percent. There's literally okay. no way. Yeah, that, that's also the number that I would have come up with. There's there is not a world that they do not finish. Like even if everybody got hurt on every other team, that somehow the Seahawks. Like <laughs> I, t- I mean, I agree. <laughs> there's no way. Um, yeah. So yeah, Drew Locke, Geno Smith are battling it out. They've already said they're probably not going to trade for Garoppolo. They're clearly tanking for, and I think that's you know what honestly smart. Like that is a good quarterback class coming in. They they didn't have a guy in this class they liked. And they're not going to go get Garoppolo to like win five games and ruin their shot. The number one pick, like they're clearly trying to suck. And guess what? Mission's going to be accomplished. Like, accomplished it, right. It's, it's going to be horrible. Well um, done. You know, minus 66 league average, 53% rush, 47% pass. Uh, I, I statted it out. Like I looked at Geno Smith's stat starts. Uh, he threw it less than 19 times in two of the three. Like it, it's bad. It's gross, and that has me really worried for Metcalf and Lockett. I know, you know, I have talked about small pies and what that does. You tell me a receiver is going to see twenty five percent target share. You're foaming at the mouth. One hundred and fifteen targets from Drew Lock and Geno Smith is the equivalent of wiping my ass. Like it's it's nothing. You got DK around like 30, 31 on your boards, and it's like you know how much I love DK, and yeah. I'm like, yep, that sounds about right. Right. And and I feel like nine touchdowns is generous from these guys. Like, oh yeah, I oh I mean, I think that I think. It maybe is a little high. And so he did score every game with Geno Smith. So that's like one thing to keep in mind is, is, He's is DK. every now and again, a, a guy like DK, the, the quarterback just locks in on because it's a six, three monster that can make contested grabs can do the damage. Like, so there is a world where it's not necessarily is he only six, three. He looks better. like he's like six, eight. He, exactly. He's, he's, he's like baby Tron, you know, Meg, Megatron part two, like right. just a, a monster. So there is a world like we saw last year. He did score more points in games with Geno Smith than he did with Russell's Russell Wilson. I would never in a million years say I wish Russell Wilson was gone. So Geno Smith could be thrown in the rock, but there is that like, occasionally they'll just find their guy lock in and, and they end up actually being better or like at least. Okay. Like their the value's not killed. So I kind of tried to like factor that scenario in here with the nine touchdowns with the, you know, 900 yards. And even still, like you said, that's only good for wide receiver 30. I have Russell Gage coming out higher. Give me the number two and three of the, the Bucks, than the number one of here. Lockett did actually end up seeing a lot of targets from Geno Smith as well, but they were very rarely completed. And I, I am very worried. That <laughs> the completion is really the key. You really yeah. want that pass to be completed in fantasy. Exactly. Their chemistry was so on point. So I guess the only real thing that, that like, you know, one, I'm just really down on both receivers. Maybe one of them ends up really surprising and connecting with the quarterback, but at their prices, I'm not getting in on them. I, I was basically pay for a lot. And then I, I stopped drafting. Come on. Stop goes, that. Yeah. He, he goes way too early. You now. do have their running backs basically having identical stats. Yeah. And so that's the one thing that is interesting here is I, they, they've, even with Russell Wilson there, they've always hovered around a 50-50 run pass. That's why I think it shifts to, you know, even more run than pass. And that's going to create a big ground pie for, a, you know, a running game that has been pretty productive the last few years, whether it was Carson. And again, with Russell Wilson threatening defenses, getting those deep balls, who knows how stacked boxes are going to be. And if we're going to see, you know, four or five and four or three yards a clip, maybe not. I do really like Walker as a player. Rashad Penny was also the running back one. The fancy playoffs, kind of like the Amon Ross, St. Brown of uh, the running back position. But uh, he always gets hurt as explosive as he could be, um, as you know, league-winning upside as he's shown. 
I I like Penny. I like them both actually at their price. They both go like round nine, ten, and at that point, like an offense that's going to run it at the clip, they're going to run it with two guys that are pretty talented. I actually can get into that running game at that price. Other than that, though, I don't want nothing to do with the passing game. Um, I, but I am mildly intrigued with both running backs uh, right. for sure. I think Walker in particular could end up being a, a touchdown beast. This all also hinges on Carson. As you can see, I have zero, zero, zero. Like that hinges I think, on I think that's what his stat line is going to be. Probably going to be what happens. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm not counting on Carson playing this year. So if another running back does emerge and now it's a three headed nightmare, then I want nothing to do with it. But if it's that size of a ground pie to two pretty talented mouths and they're going in round nine, 10, I, I can take stabs there. That's really it. Are you surprised Pete Carroll's still coaching this team? Yeah, he he deserved to be fired. <laughs> Me too, and I'm I mean I'm also surprised he's sticking around towards an obvious. I mean during an obvious tanking thing. I yeah, think. he's at you know he's a pedigree and he's at an age where I'm just like I'm, I'm surprised he wants to be a part of that. You know, he can chew gum with the best of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean you see somebody like you know a great coach like in the NBA like Greg Popovich who's like old and his team's nowhere near as good as uh, they used to be. But like he's not tanking. Like they're still playing or they finished like ninth or something out of 15. Right. You know, like they're trying to make that last playoff spot. It's like this is a pure tank situation. Pure tank. All yeah. right. Let's talk about the Rams. We got three kind of at least two and a half kind of intriguing teams left. Rams, obviously, very intriguing. Very intriguing. Yeah. Um, you know, and and you said you like him to go back to the Super Bowl. I, I mean, I don't see how anybody's roster is better than theirs right now. Um, they, they did lose Robert Woods, who was hurt, and Odell Beckham got hurt by the end there. But I think they replaced him with someone oh, even come better. On. We'll talk about that shortly. Yeah, yeah, we agree. Uh, so 48 plays above average. They've kind of been a mix, as you can see here, about like being below average and like significantly above, so like minus 12, and then 113 and 42. So I, I think right around 40 seems about right for for above league average. Either way, they're one of the offenses. And I, yes, it's nice to project the, the plays, but there's teams that just plays are more valuable, even if they don't have quite the number of them. Like a McVay offense is a lot of big plays is a lot of just well-designed concepts that, uh, that a one play, even if they were below league average, they were again, minus 11 last year, but Matthew Stafford was a top seven quarterback. Cooper cup was God. Like, you know, so it's one of those offenses that even if they, I'm not too worried about how big the pie is because of how damn delicious it is. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's how I feel about the Rams. I think Matthew Stafford goes right back to the well, uh, 4,800 yards, 615 attempts. Is a bit, that'd be a little bit more than he had last year. I don't see any reason why that, that can't be the case. 43 touchdowns right in line with what he was doing last year. I, I think he has an underrated ceiling, though. Like, people, he's so safe. Like, you know you're going to get a top 10 year. You know you're going to get about 4,500 to 5,000 yards, somewhere in there. You know you're probably going to get 35 to 40-something touchdowns. But what if like Allen Robinson is still Allen Robinson and you'll see in a second, I project him as such. Like this was a top six talent in the NFL about a year ago. Um, I, I, Matthew Stafford could throw for 5K and 50, like have one of those like Mahomes break fantasy type of seasons if if Allen Robinson is what he used to be. And people don't acknowledge how good of a ceiling this guy has because I think of how safe his floor is, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. And let me tell you what's fun because I had it last year. That cup. Stafford stack oh. is just such a nice thing to get out of bed in the morning for. <laughs> yeah, the, truly. Like what could be better than that? I, I don't see any reason. I know people are clamoring for regression and like, yeah, is he going to you know set another record this year? Probably not. Could he? Maybe. Uh, but I still think he's going to get 29% of the targets. So 178, 132 catches, like sign me right up. I think he's definitely going to do that again. 
I think him as your number two overall guy on the big board. Yeah. 1,700 yards, 15 touchdowns. Number one overall in PPR, I will say, too. In the DraftKings best ball where it's full PPR, when I get the number one pick, I go Cooper Cup. Because, um, yeah, I, maybe he takes a, a step back, but defenses had this film all last year, and they just move him around so well, and he's so savvy. And, like, that, the rapport is just insane. Like, that, it's not something you can take out of the game. We saw well, I, saw him, I saw him drop, I think, one ball last year, maybe two. <laughs> he's so damn good. And Stafford was so damn good with him and for him. And it's just, it's a beautiful relationship that's going nowhere. Like that, that's yep. just going to continue to be it. You know, the one people, well, Allen Robinson's really good. So he was going to eat into it maybe a little bit. Like, and so I have Allen Robinson, a nice, healthy 135 targets. This is the definition. We keep talking about like tasty pies that are also concentrated. That's what I see here to the fullest. I see Cooper Cup. I see Allen Robinson. I see Cam Akers as the running back being a, a clear focal point. We'll talk about the run game in a sec, but man. I Allen reject Robinson. that logic, though, to some degree. Like, oh, Cup's numbers have to go down if, if Robinson's really good. I really don't. No. I really don't. I mean, again, like you said, like, we've seen Cup catch from everywhere. I don't think he's going to not go to Cup. I mean, I think Robinson can okay. still have a great year. 100%. I really, I really they, do. They had two top 20 receivers in all but one year under McVay. And I don't think they've had receivers with the talent of Allen Robinson other than Cooper Cup. So let me ask you this. You got yeah. him, you got Robinson projected as your wide receiver seven. How insane. <laughs> but you got him as 15 on your big board. Yeah. And I'm trying to balance out. There's a couple of guys I think I ended up projecting out at their ceilings rather than like the median type of projection. And, and this is one of them. Like seven is, is high for Allen Robinson. But then you look at the numbers, it's like 92, 11, 15, 11. Like if you told me a year ago, Allen Robinson did that before last year's fiasco nobody would have been shocked by that stat line maybe the touchdowns because he was on the bears but yeah i think the touchdowns but everything else totally and and now he's on the bears he's playing with far and away the best quarterback he's ever had like it's not even close not even a discussion nobody's even sniffed stafford's level is there a receiver you would rather play opposite than than cooper Cooper cup So no. we're now having Allen Robinson see the lightest coverage he's ever seen. Ever. He's been the top guy for five years, at least. He Exactly. He was putting up top five seasons with Trubisky's literally the best quarterback he's ever played with. Blake, Bo- well, God Bortles. We don't want to insult, right. you know, Sir Blake. <laughs> good old Blake in London. But ultimately, Allen, Allen Robinson hasn't even like had a competent quarterback in his entire NFL career. He's been a, a top and 10 he's receiver. Been, he's been excellent. For most of his career. So right. no, I'm that, with you. I'm with you. The reason though for the it's a fair call out is why do you have him at 15 if you have him all the way projected at seven? Is last year did happen. Like there is a world where maybe Robinson did lose a step and just isn't that good anymore, and maybe does fade off into the distance. We've seen that happen with players. He's still very young. I mean, not very young, but I think he's only 28. Like I, I think his best years, like he's still got a couple really good years in him. Obviously, the way I projected him, you know, 135 targets, 92 catches, 11 touchdowns, 1150 yards. Like, that's an elite alpha season. So, clearly, I think he's got it. But there is that that minimal, like, pit in my stomach. Just like, what the fuck did happen last year? Nagy, Fields, like, everything went wrong. But we've seen everything go wrong and him still kind of produce. So, there is just that, like, gnawing little, like, what if he just got hurt and just isn't the same player anymore? gnawing at me just a little bit right like i understand it, i think that's a good explanation I so it. but man like i wouldn't be shocked at all for this stat line maybe a couple less touchdowns but even then like maybe not <laughs> maybe not really big fan of alan robinson he's he's the guy that projected out better than you know i looked at i was like well i, I really gotta like round four was kind of like maybe i'll go gabe davis and then i'll go a rob now it's like 
I'm hammering Allen Robinson for the, you know, it's, it, I have to, if I'm projecting him like this, I'm with so, you. I really like him in terms of the running back. It, it is a tricky one to project here. I have the lion's share going to Cam Akers, 54% of the carries, 255, 9% of the, the targets, 55. That's a, that's a really good, you know, 310 opportunities. That's a really, really good workload. And that has him coming out as my running back 11. You got him as your running back 10 projections. Although, 10, okay, although you, better, have right? a, you have him RB 15 on the big board. So the, the mix here is he, we saw the fact that he just came back at all last year is a miracle. That's amazing. Like um, we should be celebrating that. He also didn't look very good. No, he looked bad. You know, 2.6 yards per carry after contact was non-existent, but I'm trying to sit here and say like, we should be celebrating that he came back, not, you know, knocking him. If he has a full off season to work himself back into shape and kind of get his legs under him. And, and by all reports from training camp, he looks more explosive. He's more involved as a receiver. Like everything is kind of coming up cam acres and his other than his price, he, he remains a, a late round four running back. And I love that. I, I am eating him late round four. If I'm not taking Allen Robinson in round four, it's probably because I'm taking cam acres. Cause I need a running back more than uh, I, I, I don't know. You say like, Oh, we shouldn't be knocking him down. We should be celebrating the fact that he came back. I agree with you from that angle. I mean, I consider it kind of like Alex Smith or something. It's like, wow, right, amazing. Yeah. He came back. Like, let's not hate on the guy. I'm not hating on him, but I still really hated what I saw on the field. Last yeah. Year. And I think that's a really, like, he's somebody I, I do really want to see. How does he look in training camp? Like, if I can see him cutting and he's looking great, especially in the preseason, I'd love to. I don't even know if they will give him preseason action, but I mean, if he comes in there and he is just, ripping this would be a low projection he could honestly blow us out of the water if he is looking sluggish in camp or doesn't have it like McVeigh has gone to a committee he had Gurley and he was an absolute machine you know the running back cheat code uh running back one for two straight years right so that that's within the realm of possibility but there is like the late history has been all committees and Henderson did play well last year yeah. uh before he got hurt so it, this could end up being you know where I have 255 137 split right here that might be closer to like 200 and 180 by the time the season comes if Acres isn't healthy. So it is yeah. a little bit of a risky stand I'm taking with Acres, but I'm I'm banking on what the people who've seen him practice so far are saying and just the past workloads we've seen McVay give very talented backs. That could happen for Cam Acres here uh, and 11 touchdowns in, in this type of offense is very very possible. So I, I'm I'm That's a big good. fan of Acres. Um, I'm trying to think of like who who goes around him at running back? There's like Brees Hall and him, but Brees Hall's on the Jets. Like, which one do I want? Probably not the one on the probably Jets. Probably taking Acres there. I'd I'll take the one on the Rams, right? So Nick Chubb. Yeah. Uh, well, Chubb, Chubb goes. So Chubb, Zeke, we'll talk about Kamara, him. Javante. Yeah, Chubb. Chubb came. <laughs> I, I can't wait. That was that was a really shocking well, one to me. How well, low Chubb came out of my projections. We'll talk about uh, that. But yeah, All right. I mean, um, again, a great a great offense that's feeding only a few mouths. Like sign me up for all the Rams every single day. All, of them. all right. Um, start on the 49ers. I'll be back in like one minute. Gotcha. All righty. 49ers pulling them up here. Let me uh, make sure the banner. Oh, you got me the banner. Thank you. Truth. Um, the marathon show for two hours. Whew. Here we go. Um, so Trey Lance, you know, now it's becoming more and more likely that Garoppolo stays do I have to start like projecting in Garoppolo? Maybe, but I, they've, they've talked about being fully, fully committed to Trey Lance and the similar argument to Jalen hurts last year, QB six with pretty mediocre passing numbers. I see 713 and seven on the ground. That's enough to leap Lance into my top 12. 
in my projections. Um, and then you mix in the fact that he's got some tasty weapons to throw to as well. We, we hyped this guy up as a league winner last year. He didn't really get the chance to show us that. But by all accounts, this offseason, he is commanding the huddle. He is looking phenomenal in practice. He is the, the next big thing coming out of camp right now. He could be that cheat code this year. So I, I am interested in getting Trey Lance. I would love this year. My I was too risky last year where I would go like Trey Lance and Ryan Fitzpatrick in best ball. And then Fitzpatrick got hurt. It was just a mess. I would like to go Stafford, Trey Lance. Like that would be a beautiful combination to me to have a locked in ace and then have the, the league winning upside of Trey Lance to balance it out. But I am a big fan largely because of that Konami upside, even only throwing 21 touchdowns, which might be a little too low with the weapons he has. He still came out in my top 12 because of that rushing upside. Um, So huge, huge Konami upside there. Now in terms of like, you know, the, the pies, a, a very dead, even 50, 50 split. That's kind of been the, the, the whole Shanahan rub. It's been a little bit more pass than rush, like, you know, 52 and 48. I think with, with Trey Lance and adding those carries, we're going to get closer uh, to a 50-50 split, you know, a little more time being bled, so minus 27. Um, running back-wise, you know, I do have Eli Mitchell still soaking in the vast majority, 43% of the work, but Trey Lance getting 24% can't be just completely ignored when you're projecting out Eli Mitchell. In fact, his three worst games of last year came when Trey Lance was at QB. One of them he did score a receiving touchdown, so it ended up being okay but like two pretty mediocre efforts uh, with Trey Lance at QB. Um, so you got to keep that in mind. I do think he'll be okay, but we also haven't had a 49ers running back repeat as the team's highest score, I think in like seven years. So you got to keep that in mind as well. They did draft Tyrion Davis price. Um, I, I like, I like always just throwing a dart at a Kyle Shanahan backfield, as you can see, you know, a decent amount of volume and that, that zone blocking scheme is just always so gorgeous. So like, I've been doing a lot of, you know, round 13 or so Tyrion Davis price. If you got 97 carries, I think you could turn that into five touchdowns and 417 yards is what I have him projected at. But his real upsides, if something happens to Mitchell, and we saw Mitchell miss you know, three-ish games last year. So I, I think he's the natural handcuff. Of course, maybe he's the next Trey Sermon. He just does nothing. You never know. Jeff Wilson's reportedly looking really good at camp. I can't go back to the Jeff Wilson show. Mitchell's, we'll, we'll, I know, Mitchell's oh, you're back, Drew. I didn't yeah. know if you were back or not yet. So yeah, yeah. Mitchell's another of these guys that that you you just like. You yeah. got him projected running back 29, but you like him at running back 22 on the big board. Mm-hmm. It's just like you got you got your guys. You just kind of like a little more, and I feel the same way about Mitchell. And that's how that's how you got to do it, right? And it's, and Mitchell, it's like less. I, I do like the guy, so I'm not sitting here saying I don't like him. I just <clears throat> have always been a sucker. The Kyle Shanahan backfield, like it's it's just sexy to me. Um, yeah, but also, I mean, you see Mitchell on the field. That guy passes the eye test. He does. Oh yeah, yeah. He's t- he's a tough little prick too. Like playing hurt, but like balling out still. He is a tough I, little prick. I really like him. Um. So, and I don't know if our uh, our man is still with us. Uh, that was asking about Debo Samuel, but uh, 120 targets, so still a decent amount there. I do think the catch rate goes down a little bit when you're playing with Trey Lance instead of him. But as I mentioned, he did have two touchdowns in the three games together. So maybe the five touchdowns is a little low because he did come out, Debo, significantly lower than I expected. I actually, you know what? I know that's too low. So I'm going to, I'm just going to bump that up like now. I, I think it gets to at least eight. So 9%, you seven, I'll call it that, you know, a couple. This is where I do think Debo takes a big hit though. He saw, uh, what was it last year? I think like 80 carries um, and he averaged like, nine yards a clip still he he's insane 
I, the, he's already talked about how he doesn't want to be a running back anymore. He just wants to be treated as a strict receiver. That's why he's holding out. He wants to be traded to a team that will use him right way, or at least he wants the 49ers to. So 41 rushes still might be a little too generous. He's certainly not going to see the double of that that he saw last year. And that's going to take a little bit of a ding on his stats. Like he had some good receiving games, of course, but a lot of his, his production came as a nice red zone weapon out of the backfield. So I, I am in, you know, this could be, that's why he's projecting out pretty bad is the, the hit I'm giving him in his rushing totals. And, and that's kind of falling through. I couldn't believe how low Ayuk ended up coming out. I guess I just don't think this aerial pie of 392 and, and 23 touchdowns, there's not a ton of meat for two receivers to have monster seasons there. And as much as I loved Ayuk as a rookie, I had him that year. He was the wide receiver three behind only you know Adams and Tyreek for a stretch of that season. We saw a huge game upside. Then we saw last year he didn't even start on his own team for like half the season. I mean, that was about the worst like seven game stretch you've just about ever seen anybody have. And and nobody reported it like in camp. How did how did we have no idea that Brandon Ayuk? Everybody was clamoring about this guy being a nice big breakout, and then he didn't start. Like Trent Sherfield. And some games know. that he started, he like didn't get it, or some game when he played would like not get a target. Yeah, in Trey Lance's games, he did not play well. He did not get very many targets. So I, I am nervous about him. I'm significantly lower um, in my projections than I probably have him ranked. And I think I need to bump him down my ranks because that's one that's like, I, I don't feel horrible about being low on him. Um, especially because they're saying Juwan Jennings is like outplaying him right now already in, in minicamp and having the best, you know, off season of his career. And I, I like Juwan Jennings. Anytime he got burned last year, he, he did some damage with it. So I'm, I'm out on Ayuk. I am not into Ayuk as a guy that was an Ayuk guy uh, coming into last year. And then George Kittle is George Kittle. Um, but I do think it, it hurts to have Trey Lance again. I think it kind of hurts everybody's fantasy prospects, including the running game, other than Trey Lance himself, who has cheat code upside. Like, I, I think everybody gets drowned down a bit. Um, but Trey Lance himself could win you your league. How, <laughs> That's kind of how I summarize this team. How old is George Kittle? I think he's getting like maybe 29, 28, 29. Seems he, older. I, he might that. be younger than that, though. He, he seems older than that to me, but I, I mean, he, but I don't think he is. I think I you're think right. he only played five years or so. I, bet I he think was that's like correct. I mean, I think he's like 27, but like to me, yeah. it seems like he's like 34. And it's it, it was again only a two game sample size, so you never want to overreact to that. But Kittle was not targeted like at all. I think he had five combined targets in three two games with uh Trey Lance. So again, you don't extrapolate that and say this is what's going to happen with Kittle now, but. Yeah. It's just something to keep in mind that this, the whole passing game here, I think is going to take a decent hit. Um, and Trey Lance himself will benefit from all the runs that he's going to now get. But I, I, the aerial pie is a little bit less intriguing with Trey Lance at, at the helm. All right, everybody. We got one team left. <laughs> one team left truth. Thank you for uh, sticking this marathon out with me, my man. I appreciate it. This is what we get paid the big bucks for. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wh- who is even the last freaking Arizona? Team? Oh yeah. All the way to the top. Right. And obviously you kick off Arizona with Kyler Murray, who is projected as your quarterback eight, but you actually have him five on the big board. Yep, exactly. Love me some Kyler Murray. Uh, And I know again, projections might have him only at eight. I think that factored in like a missed game here and there. I was a little, I kind of took injury dings when I first started the projections. And I think I just kind of stopped doing that. I was going to say you, this seems, that seems to be something that is slightly inconsistent with some of these with you, because most of the time I did some of these guys, you're not dinging for it. And some you are, I'm not clear how much you're dinging each guy for or, or how office is even a problem. Yeah. So you see like 90 and 10. So that's like taking one game off essentially. 
which is what happens for Kyler. And I guess I maybe should have been a little more consistent with that. I'd say for the most part, I projected like if this guy plays a full year, here's what we can expect. I think the first like two teams I did, which yeah. Arizona was at the top of the list. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I dinged a couple guys for that. All right. And that's of course, suspensions like Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins, we're going to talk about. Well, that second. makes sense because like, James Conner actually is another guy that you have projected as your running back 16, but you actually big board running back 11. Yep, exactly. Um, because I think he's going to eat in the games he's there. No Chase Edmonds. He saw, you know, a healthy bump in targets to, I believe, it was six and a half a game. Without Edmonds last year, he was averaging 22 fantasy points a game in games without Edmonds last year. And Edmonds is now gone, replaced by Daryl Williams, who did have some very Darryl Williams, efforts. come on, man. Uh, yeah, exactly. So very, very, he's like produces pretty well. And that's why I have, you know, Daryl Williams, seven touchdowns. Like, I think if Connor misses time, which we can pretty much write down that he's going to miss at least a couple games that Daryl Williams will come right in and, and be a, a workhorse and he's going to be solid. They are now kind of hinting at that, you know, Benjamin has been better in early practices and he might have the number two jobs. So I felt great about Daryl Williams as like around 14 pick. That's one that I might want to see a little bit more of camp before I start hammering that as hard as I have been. Like I, I've been going all in on him because I want the number two back here. If it ends up being Eno you know, Benjamin, then I'll have to switch and, and start drafting a lot of Eno Benjamin. But I think Eno Benjamin sucks. I, we've seen him, and he's not good. And I, I'm not going to buy that he's suddenly having this renaissance. Um, so, yeah, I, I see that backfield being a, a dominant workhorse in Connor, but I only have it at 44 because I, I did project in a couple missed games here. Um, Kyler Murray, you know, the, the big thing with him is that 19% rush share. It's gone down in every single year, and I, I have it going right. down a little bit again. But I agree he's with still really good in the red zone with five touchdowns. Um, so I, I think that's going to be great. I think he's going to continue to chuck. I mean, once Hopkins is back, this is going to be far and away. We had him, now Marquise Brown. Like, these weapons are going to be great. It, it had a great connection with Zach Ertz and Rondell Moore. Could take a next step. So, like, there is a chance once everybody's healthy and operating that, like, Kyler Murray just goes into bananas cheat code mode. Nobody, really nobody has. We've seen, like, 40 point games multiple times across the season with Kyler Murray. Very few other quarterbacks have that type of ceiling other than maybe like Lamar Jackson in 2019, which we haven't seen in years. Um, so I, I, that's why I have him like at eight in the projections, but like a little bit higher because once everybody is here, I think the stats could be just absurd. But yeah. Like I, I, I respect that. Here. What'd you say? I said, I respect that uh, yeah. as, as a reason. I mean, you know, because you're right. Loaded. You know, and, and so so maybe your first third of the season or whatever, it's not as explosive, although still right. probably quite explosive. But it's kind of like, you know, one, once you're fully loaded, you might make up for that on the back end and then some kind of like Kamara, something like that. Right. You know, and, and looking at this, I think I'm a little too low on Hopkins's, you know, he's going to miss six games. We know that. But even still, like I had Godwin missing six games and still seeing 100 targets. I feel like Hopkins in 11 games will probably approach a hundred targets. So, yeah, I mean, I, I actually was a little bit surprised because, you know, you got Hopkins missing six games, which is like a little over a third of the season, admittedly, but you've got, I feel like the, his numbers that you got next to Hollywood's there. I feel like it should be more. I mean, I feel yeah, like you I'm, can be closer to Hollywood. As numbers, you can honestly. see, I'm kind of adjusting it on the fly. So like 90 now for Hopkins, I took down more a little bit and I'm going to take down Earths a little bit. So I think that seems a little bit more reasonable. I 90, 120. I think, I think yeah. assuming he comes back and he's healthy for 11 games, that's still pretty low. 
90 yeah it could be i, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I, I mean i don't know he's deandre hopkins we'll see i mean maybe, maybe the guy fell off a cliff but man he's still we saw a bunch of examples last year of him just being a monster still right right maybe the injuries are catching up though he did get he seemed a little sapped by the end of last year he had true. two big injuries so we'll see i will say this though i thought i was gonna be i had marquise brown and rondale Moore like pretty high in my rankings and then when i started them out like i thought i was kind of giving them healthy shares and healthy catch rates and everything and they still didn't come out great. Like, you know, uh-huh. 78, 10, 14, and 7 for Marquise Brown. What's he, like, wide receiver, like, 20-something in my rankings? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say 22, something like that. Yeah, yeah. just didn't I don't. Great. I don't love either of those guys. I mean, you know, I, I, I see the appeal. If you told me one, of, one or both of them was going to have a big year, I guess it wouldn't be, like, the most shocking thing in the world. But I, I, I'm skeptical. I'll put it that yeah. way. You have Marquise Brown 21 on your big board. And Rondell uh, a lot further down, actually. Yeah, I, I ended up bumping him down big after the 56. projections. 56. Yeah. Um, and I think he's even lower in my projections. Like, they just yeah. didn't come out statted very well. And Rondell Moore, they're saying, you know, Debo Samuel role. Maybe he runs in for a few more touchdowns, but he's also tiny. Like, he, Debo Samuel's thick. Rondell Moore can't handle those types of carries. So, I, I, I'm not uh, – Yeah. Just not as into – I thought Marquise Brown reunited with his college quarterback would, like, project out better than it really ended up doing for me. Um, and this is with being pretty low on Hopkins, too. Maybe I'm too high on Ertz, but Ertz was peppered at a ridiculous rate. He was the uh, number four tight end in fantasy after he got over there in, in with the Arizona. He saw over 100 targets. He was on pace for, like, 120 targets. I don't think that happens now that Marquise Brown's here, but I, I like Ertz. And then he ended up coming – like. I ended up being just lower on like I have Kyler Murray projected out pretty well, and yet I still ended up being a lot lower than I thought on an Arizona Cardinals offense that I think looks really flashy and sexy, but they haven't like especially late in the season they always crumble. So maybe I just have a little gross I taste lingering. No man, I, 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 I feel almost exactly the same the way you just described it. I was like, I feel exactly the same. It's like yeah, Cardinals. Ooh yeah, sexy, and then you're just like. I don't know. <laughs> they they threw the ball less than the Ravens last year. Like <laughs> that's crazy. I don't know. I mean, right? No, I feel the same way. I, I think they the they way. have a little more sex appeal, like a fake sex appeal, than real sex appeal. Like when you imagine them, the what's the offense? The air raid. Oh my god, they're gonna bomb the the lights out of the stadium, and then they just don't really. They do it for like a couple games a year. Usually at the start of the season, the first two weeks, you're like. Arizona Cardinals. Remember last year, were they like eleven and zero for a little while? They were. They were. Some, might not have been eleven, but it was like seven, eight, something like that. They won like eight, eight straight. I think they were number one in the NFL, and we both kept saying, well, "It's it's flukes. We're, we're not buying this at all." And and we were we were right yeah. on that one. Um, yeah, it, that's kind of what they are. They're, they'll blow a couple teams out, but they always seem to fizzle and and a little bit fake sexy instead of real sexy. I guess. Yeah. Like the Rams are real sexy. That that's gonna last all, all year. Yeah. yeah. Cardinals, uh. They're sexy. You want to hook up with them, you hook up with them, you're like, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. Cardinals that's about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up our hard-hitting analysis with that, huh? Yeah. That's oh man. What Sunday. a marathon truth. We made it though. All the way through. Yeah, my wife and kid, I told them to start watching Stranger Things without me. Yeah, yeah, you'll get caught up on it. Um, yeah, we. I want to talk about that with you. Yeah, there's, oh, yeah. there's some, there's some people on. There's some yeah, people on that show that really annoy the shit out of me. 
Yeah, <laughs> there's there's some really annoying characters. As as I made my tears today on Twitter, if you want to see my uh, oh, most annoying. But guys, <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, Do we miss any questions? It looks like our man Daniel Howland. Great show. Thank you for your hard work. Hey, we appreciate you, Daniel. The investing guide. I so the projections are clearly done. That's what we're going through right now, Daniel. Um, I do have to do the write-ups for the progression guide. I have all my names. So I might release like a sneak peek, like cheat sheet for people who want to pre-order it for a, a reduced rate or something like that before I go on my trip. But I'm planning to write a bit of that while I'm on these uh, vacate, like Alaska you know, in the mornings or whatever. So that'll be out right around training camp, I would say. Um, yeah. Not an official date quite yet, but projections are done. And I know you're a loyal fan, so we can try to figure out a way to uh, maybe get those to you first. Yeah. Um, so thank you for being here. Given Godwin's injury rumors and Brady's last year, would you, I, I would say I'm a little worried, like you mentioned, with Brady's last year for Dynasty. Uh, it, it could be who knows who's going to come in there. So, yeah, um, that Dynasty question. Whew, huh. You didn't pull this one up. Wolf looking tan and hot from CJ. Thank you, CJ. Yeah, <laughs> I have been uh, getting a lot of sun these days. Yeah, so. you're going to get a lot in Alaska. Like the, the, sun, the sun is – that's another thing I didn't mention to you. It, it's It's like 21 hours a day of light. And even, and even, yeah. And even when the sun goes down, it's not like really dark. Yeah. It's just like hazy, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's like darker, but it's, it's, it's way different. Like it's very strange for me. I looked out the window when we were recording today. It's like eight 30 and it's black. And I was just like, this is so weird. I mean, you know, walking around at 1130, 1145 and it's just completely bright outside. It's so weird. <laughs> it, it was weird. And then the sun rises at like three fifteen or something. Oh man, no. <laughs> that's gonna be so and different. The sun is is literally closer to you, so like if it's yeah. sixty, it feels like seventy. Ah, uh, okay, then, yeah, yeah. which is cool. But also, when you go on the boat ride, if you ride up in the front, which I like to do a lot, I like to be out. You know, when am I ever gonna be there again? It does get really cold. Yeah. Okay. Out, out on the water. The water's like yeah, I water's like, they like winter hats and everything. So we're we're kind of making our packing list basically. on the boat. Yes, but I mean, just day to day, you'll be very comfortable. You can walk yeah. around in like shorts and stuff like that, no problem. Perfect. The water, 34 degrees. <laughs> so I won't be going for a dip. <laughs> no, don't go for a dip. <laughs> you won't last long. Oh, man. Well, good stuff, Truth. I appreciate yeah. you. We have to use marathons because of the travel that we're talking about right now. So I appreciate you helping us build this up so we have a, a nice little backlog for the uh, the podcast while I'm out. This is good stuff. I know it's a lot, but. <laughs> we'll do good it stuff. tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Same time. Another two and a half hours tomorrow, baby. Tell your friends. (laughs) All right, brother. All right, man. Wolfpack, We breed and feed you wolves. You can find me at Rose Street Wolf or comment at RoseStreetJournal.com. And hopefully you enjoyed this. We have part two coming tomorrow with the AFC. Later, guys. In the world full of fans, you'd be the wolf. We used to have it all. But now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause, oh, 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 and wave out to the crowd, and take our final bow, oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show, 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 at least we stole the show. Football right there, folks.